deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, DC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I'm falling back on the old standby this week. Uh, we kind of experimented with the new intro last time, and now, now, now I'm going back to the original. Maybe, maybe we'll get some, you know, A/B testing going in the in the audience here. I'm gonna be honest. I think this might be the first ever time that I just didn't listen at all. Like I heard, <laughs> just I heard completely the cadence, tuned out. I heard the cadence of it all, and I hear my cue, and I went in. But mm-hmm. I was, I was in another realm. I suppose. I mean, I mean, I. Uh, that's honestly what it feels like to say the intro at this point. We are on episode 167. Maybe I no think. one listening hears it either. It's it's just sort of like a like I go into a trance, you know, like like my eyes roll back and I'm just I'm just repeating this thing like those guys in Dune or something, right? Like, or like a vampire trance. Ooh, like they a do, vampire trance. They do trances, right? Yeah, yeah, some do definitely. Yeah, D- Dracula, perhaps. Dr- Dracula. Uh, um, trying to think of the vampire trances. Maybe in Underworld? They sort of do that in Underworld, I think. Or or maybe that's how they uh, see in the dark, as they roll their eyes back and it's all scary looking. It is scary, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I, uh, I, <laughs> I've i read the intro so many times, or not even read, it's just like part, you, you, you tell me to do the intro, tell, just like say, prompt me, prompt me to do the intro. Do the intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, DC, and I'm Liz. See, oh my god, this mm. it's, that feels weird, right? It's like we enter a like a like a mind meld, right? Yeah, it's the we've got the Pacific Rim thing going on there, mm-hmm. concerning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, we've conditioned ourselves to have this Pavlovian response to starting a podcast. Very eerie, very yeah. scary. Yeah, so um, we shouldn't change it, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> or maybe we, we, maybe we forge onward and, 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 and put it, you know, create a new dark mantra for us to repeat. Hey, uh, every more week. dark mantras are always better. That's true. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, if one's not working, you can switch to the other one. <laughs> um so uh as much as the the very beginning of this podcast is leaning into tradition um i've got a break with tradition here a bit we've got like no real news of note this week Um, yay (laughs) fantastic beasts is kind of uh uh you know still still in theaters still not making much money uh no every 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 the money fandom sort of like gotten their punches in, you know, no new articles. Mm-hmm. Um, JK Rowling, I mean, she's still being awful, obviously, but not like to a degree that I feel like it's worth commenting on any news about it, you know? Yeah, we. I think we've moved into the ignore phase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if it gets, if anything particularly w- wacky happens, you know, we'll we'll be on it. But but yeah, but nothing, nothing of note uh, uh, really happening this week. I say that uh, well aware of the fact that we sort of seem to wield the lathe of heaven on this show, but um, right, and and uh, no fin- big Twilight news, huh? 
that was shocking news. Not much going on in the in the world of Twilight news. Uh, hmm. At least you know every now and then you get like a good Screen Rant article. Um, but uh, yeah, not much not much going on in the in the news department there until she decides to announce the next book. Um, but what I did decide to do was go to the Wayback Machine and oh. find a piece of news from 2008 for us to read. Great. Um, that I thought might be uh, enlightening. This is from the MTV Movies blog. Um, and because I am using the Wayback Machine to find this article, because it's no longer on their website, um, I've got like the old MTV blog layout here. And Beautiful. The, the, the logo here, or, or I guess their slogan, is... We bring the news, you bring the nachos. Okay. Nachos, huh? <laughs> Have you ever had nachos at a movie theater? Like, that doesn't seem... God, no. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, look, I love some popcorn. I guess I've got gotten, like, I've, I get, we, we, we've got a lot of those, like, living room theaters here. Yeah. So where I, you can just, like, the, get pizza. That, that's, like, the only place that I've ever had, like, non-popcorn food at a right. theater. And I did, I, like, got the truffle fries or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were delicious. And I got a beer. And it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can you can kind of get, like, a normal meal at some theaters around here. Right. Um, but as far as, like, movie theater food, it's popcorn or nothing. Right. Like, I'm not eating nachos in a dark room. That's just really. I, I think I got I got the truffle fries at Detective Pikachu. Oh, now that I'm thinking about it. Ooh, that sounds delightful. It was. I. Oh, you know what? I guess I have broken with tradition one time. I did get a hot dog when I went to see Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, because okay. because he, he likes chili dogs. They didn't have chili dogs, but I was like, you know, this is like halfway, yeah. halfway there. Um, that wasn't great. That that was not great. Um. Uh, especially because that was like a week before lockdown. So, uh, yeah, I went to Olive Garden before I went and saw Sonic, and it was literally, oh, right. it was literally like a goof. Like, what if you went to Olive Garden? Not <laughs> knowing, wouldn't not that knowing. be funny? And yeah. now, and now that's like the the bookend for me, the book beginning. <laughs> also, also like that's in the movie, right? Like, there's the the Olive Garden gift card subplot in the first Sonic movie. You know, I uh, like no one's gonna believe me. Mm. This sounds made up. Mm -hmm. I don't think I knew that because I hadn't at seen the, time, the movie yeah. yet. Yeah. Right? You were going before so, the movie, so it was an unrelated goof, <laughs> like a personal goof to go to Olive Garden. <laughs> you went to Olive Garden. And you were like, this, "This surely this will not come up in the movie Sonic the Hedgehog." Right? Maybe this isn't true. Maybe I did know, and then that was part of the goof. And maybe I'm even like on. On uh, audio saying that, like, haha, I went there because yeah, of the Sonic yeah. movie. But, I, I, like, in my true beliefs right now, I don't think I knew, but I could be <laughs> editing my memory. I can't decide which is funnier. Like, which way around is, is like, you know, either going going and, and being surprised by uh, it being movie relevant or deciding post Sonic the Hedgehog that it would be funny to go to Olive Garden. Either way, that's the, the last time I was in theater. So, <laughs> uh, what? Fantastic Beasts didn't uh, didn't thrill you? You know the prospect of seeing that in theaters. Oh, God, it was close, but yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll be seeing it soon because they put that shit on HBO Max 
quick, apparently. Woohoo! Anyway, this is from the MTV uh, Movies blog. Twilight author Stephanie Meyer sees J.K. Rowling as kindred spirit. Uh Uh-oh. Both were mothers who, around the time of their 30th birthday, first imagined a fantasy franchise that would bring them fame, fortune, and a loyal fan base. This winter, both will provide Hollywood with an eagerly anticipated blockbuster. So when I was interviewing Twilight novelist Stephanie Meyer this week for the story that just went live on MTV.com, I just had to ask... Has she ever met J.K. Rowling? No, the affable author revealed, but I <laughs> would love to. What a story. <laughs> no, yeah, just no. No. <laughs> no. But I would love to. I would love to sit down and talk with her. Once Meyer's first non-Twilight book, entitled The Host, arrives in bookstores May 6th, the comparisons might dwindle a bit. But while both continue to rule the world of teen lit, she understands that they'll always be compared to one another. I can see that, she explained. The interesting thing about the comparison is that I think you can compare my fans to her fans more easily than me to her. I do think that we both have people who are just really, really enthusiastic and will come miles to see you and be involved, and everybody really cares about our characters. But the stories are just so different. Ah, uh, so we have the celebrity in common. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> However, nothing else. It's true. We are both famous authors. J.K. Rowling's audience is everybody, so that means we all have a piece of her audience, Meyer laughed. It's terribly flattering to be compared to her, but there's never going to be another J.K. Rowling. That's a phenomenon that's just not going to happen again. Honestly, okay, you know what? That's a decent perspective, I guess, to uh, to have on it. Seems pretty Um, down to earth. Uh, still, Meyer insisted that she ever, if she ever did meet the Potter mastermind, they'd have plenty to talk about. I'd like to hear her thoughts on her fans. I know she has this big group of people who say, oh no, Harry should have ended up with another girl, and I wonder how she feels about that when they think they have a better ending than she does, the writer said sympathetically. I'd also like to hear her thoughts on the movies and what things about them she enjoyed, and also how she feels about privacy and emails and fan letters and that whole experience as a popular writer. JK Rowling, how do you feel about emails? <laughs> it's so great to meet you. I know that we're both famous celebrity authors. How do you feel about emails? Now that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was a really, that's really very quaint. Delightful. Yeah, yeah. The, the, an old, an old. Pretty old blog post here. Um, the comments are very blessed. It's mostly people saying. Uh, I think they are both great, or I think Stephanie Meyer is great, or uh, just very, very people commenting on she is so freak. She is so freaking nice. I mean, come on, would J.K. have said something like that? <laughs> I guess not. Honestly, <laughs> no. J.K. Yeah, no. J.K. I mean, God, remember what Stephen King said about Stephanie Meyer? Like, like, the, yeah. What the fuck? The the you know we've are we've seen how nasty J.K. Rowling's DMs can get. Can you imagine? What Ugh. what her and Stephen King's like like um, Stephanie Meyer emails back and forth were about like I think Stephen King should not get baited by getting asked <laughs> questions like that. <laughs> he, he he volunteers that he like I was looking up um I was looking this up recently uh when I was when I was like going through that article about like the cultural response uh, mm-hmm. last week right and um. There were, like, three separate instances of, like, waves of headlines about Stephen King saying something about Twilight. Like, like Why? I think he, he just, I don't know, it gets a pop from the crowd, I guess. He's like, 
just really, really weird of him. I feel like who is he? Is, does he feel threatened by it? Very, very weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's our that's our news for the week of uh, April tenth, two thousand and eight. A universe away. A different planet. Yeah, really. I graduated high school in 2008. I was playing a lot <sighs> of Wrath of the Lich King. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Been right Wrath, in there. Wrath years. Uh, so you were going to do an ice crown while while Stephanie was wondering if she could get an interview with, with the big dog. Does Stephen King comment on like all YA series? Is there like. So like a town hall where people ask him what he thinks. I I mean like I Stephen King used to be like a prolific blogger. I don't know if he really is anymore, but he used to like do a lot of writing about writing stuff, which I think sounds pretty interesting generally. Yeah. yeah. Like I you know, I I I definitely have my ups and downs with like Stephen King books I like and dislike, but like it's cool. I always like it when authors are like forthcoming about their process, right? Definitely. Um, but I would definitely like keep the shit talking to a minimum if I were Stephen King. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> At a certain level, you know, it's there, there there's a certain, you know, you could, it, nothing, nothing wrong with having your, your tastes known or whatever. But I feel like once, once you're like at the level where like you are one of five authors, everybody knows, you know, it's like uh, at that point I would, I would sort of be a lot more conservative with my, with my I, did, I just want to know, like, at what at what point does Stephen King need to weigh in on a YA series? Like, what does Stephen <laughs> King think of um, James Patterson's Maximum Ride series? <laughs> just, don't, I wonder, because I mean, I, I Stephen King gets a lot of um, requests, I imagine, for like uh, blurbs and forewords and stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder uh how honest he is with those like like you know what if you just send you know you're you're an up-and-coming you know thriller author you're like my book's about to get published maybe i can get stephen king to weigh in you know right if, if, yeah if i could get his name on the back cover saying you know the thrill ride of the week or whatever that that'd be great um and then he just like returns your email it's like this shit sucked <laughs> <laughs> put that on the box yeah, that's probably what happened to James Patterson's Maximum Ride. <laughs> Do you remember that series? Is Maximum Ride was that was that him like coming for like Maximum Overdrive or something? Is that like a? It's like are they about, related it's at all? About, like teenagers with wings. I had the weirdest oh, experience no, with the okay. series because. Um, when I was eighteen, my sort of foray into adult fiction was reading like. James Patterson novels, John Grisham novels, mm-hmm, like all of mm-hmm. all of those. And so he wrote two novels that were kind of a break from his like police procedurals and they were about this like veterinarian or, or like doctor or something who discovered like a secret lab full of kids that had been engineered to have wings but it was like an adult novel yeah yeah and then it was later repackaged into a ya series and so when it was a ya series i had this moment like years later where i was like wait is is that that weird is that like an adult edition of this book i remember right yeah that's crazy i know i've heard of things going the other way right like i've like i mean 
Harry Potter, I remember, um, they would like release the 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 normal covers, and then like a year later, they'd do like the quote unquote like adult covers that were like less embarrassing. Right. You know, right. like they had like a like a sans serif font and like just like a picture of a bird on it or something instead of like a, mm-hmm. a fantasy illustration. But I've never heard of it going the other way around. Where oh, it's like, well, when I say repackaged, I don't mean like a new cover. I mean rewritten. Oh, like read. Oh, like yeah. The, the, whole, the like oh, adult whoa. novels are called like where the when the wind blows or something like that, and they're just like the typical James Patterson novels, and then okay. they got rewritten as YA novels. Oh my and, like, god! Re released. I never knew about this. Whoa! Holy oh, shit! Oh, it's super weird. Okay, filing that one away. <laughs> For later no that's awesome i want to we that sounds like a that sounds like a common room episode i want to dig into this yeah is anyway what does stephen king have to say about this <laughs> that's fucking crazy what were they called um, Max- maximum ride maximum ride maximum ride does stephen king say anything about no, okay, so if I Google that, I get Maximum Overdrive, which mm. is what I was I was thinking about, but I, I don't, okay, I don't, I don't think you said anything about Maximum Ride. Darn. Is the character's name Maximum Ride? The character's is name s- is Max. Okay. Okay. Maximum Ride, a serious young old fan. That is so crazy. It's a reboot. Uh-huh. Of where of when the wind blows and the lake house. Oh, the lake house. Yeah, this is all coming together. I remember this book. Yeah, <laughs> the lake house. Ha- oh my god! And little think- did you know there was a shitty YA Holy series fuck. based on these weird adult <laughs> fiction like I, I have, airport I have novels. Been completely knocked off course by this. <laughs> oh my god, this is crazy. I know exciting thrilling this is, stuff this is what happened to me because i think there was like a display at like barnes and noble or something for this <laughs> maximum ride series and i had read when the wind blows years before and it knocked me on my ass maximum i've just like maximum ride when was when would this have 2005 okay so this was 100 percent them them going like his publisher being like or or him or his public I, like who who knows who who made the call here but like it's fucking Harry Potter time it's, it's Twilight yeah, time we gotta yeah, get we in gotta on this. get in on this holy shit teens they're angels they've got wings there's a manga yeah what, what the fuck <laughs> maximum ride manga hold on I gotta <laughs> this is insane. I, yeah. Holy shit. Seeing seeing James Patterson's name on a on a like typical like shonen manga cover is really tripping me up here. Yeah. This <laughs> this this is nuts. This would be like if they like made the Pelican Brief into a YA series. <laughs> well, okay, now now keep talking. That sounds <laughs> perhaps, like a great idea. Perhaps they should. Yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. I could talk about ma- I could go down the maximum ride hole for like the rest <laughs> of the episode. But let's let's get into it. Moving uh, let's, on. Let's get into Twilight. Um so we've got uh two 
completely diverging chapters this week. Um, so um, I guess I will go first and read from the original book. Um, and then uh, later we will catch up with Edward and see what he's up to uh, uh, out in the wilderness. Yeah, we'll find out what he was given to do during this time. <laughs> yeah, because he is not not involved, very uh, oh. very prominently not involved in this chapter. Uh-huh. All right, so this is chapter six. Feeling conflicted about her ride home with Edward, Bella lies awake listening for Alice returning her truck. However, she never hears it arrive, even though when she awakes, the truck is indeed there. Bella returns to school to find Jessica and a few of her friends are shunning her for sitting with Edward at lunch instead of them the previous day. Mike defends her, but Bella muses that he's only trying to impress her. The next day, she meets Mike and some other school acquaintances for the beach trip they've been so excited about. After sitting around the fire for a bit, the group decides to split up until some of the campers wanting to hike up to, uh, with some of the hikers wanting to uh, see some rock pools that are above the beach. Bella joins them, but keeps to herself and spends most of her time trying to deduce what Edward's deal is. When the group returns to the beach, some more teens have showed up from the nearby reservation. It turns out that one of them, Jacob Black, is familiar with Bella, and it's his family is friendly with Charlie. Jacob is very charming and clearly flirting with Bella, and when he lets slip that there's animosity between his family and the Cullens, Bella somewhat sheepishly attempts to egg him into explaining what the deal is. Jacob relents and tells her a story about how his ancestors once clashed with a clan of blood drinkers who trespassed on their land. Dramatically, he reveals that the Cullens aren't just related to the monsters his great-grandfather banished from the tribe's land, they are the same people. He plays it off as a ghost story, but Bella leaves the beach wondering if it could explain exactly what is going on with Edward. Ooh. Spooky, huh? Yeah. So this is a weird chapter. Um, and <laughs> I, I've kind of got to split this into like two separate uh, discussions here, really. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that the internal monologue stuff that this chapter gets into is really good. Um, however, there is no getting around the fact that the introduction of the Quileute characters is really fucking bad. Um, yeah. Really bad. Um, so we've kind of got to compartmentalize here, uh, uh, two, two separate discussions, I think. The chapter starts, uh, with Bella, um, in her own head, like, even more than usual, um... And that stuff is fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, there's a real sense here that I, I found very interesting. Bella's internal monologue, I, I've really enjoyed up until this point, but I think we've we've sort of like both been criticizing that like the setting is really poor, right? Yeah. Like it says I am in, you know, it basically says I'm in Forks, Washington. There are trees. You don't really get much of a sense of like what the atmosphere or anything is like. Right. Until this chapter, um, there are so many really quite good and vivid, like, visual descriptions of things, or, or and even just beyond visual, like, the descriptions of, like, how Bella is feeling in this environment are, uh -huh. like, nothing that has been in the book so far. Huh. Um, and I think it really lends uh, credence to, like, what you, what you were talking about last week when we, we were sort of touching on a similar topic, where it's, like, Whenever, whenever Stephanie Meyer is in a place that she 
considers or considers that the reader might think is familiar, she just forgoes description entirely. Ah, uh, yeah. But the, on this trip where Bella is going somewhere new and is, is going to somewhere like outdoors and I don't know if Stephanie Meyer visited this place or went and like looked, found pictures or whatever, but like it suddenly becomes incredibly well uh, 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 realized. Mm. Uh, yeah. I and, wonder if it's just like, yeah, everybody's been to a school cafeteria. Right. That's right. really the only place we've really been. <laughs> yeah. We've been we're, there, yeah. A, we're there a lot. A parking lot to like, like, but, it, but it's really interesting, right? Cause it's like, Forks, Washington is a really pretty place. Yeah. Um, and and a, quite a like eerie, lush place too, which is like why it's chosen for the setting of a vampire novel, right? It's like the rainiest place in the Northwest or whatever. Um, but we don't really get descriptions like this for for Forks. This so this is this is just a, a snippet from the drive up. I've been to the beaches around La Push many times during my Fork summer with Charlie, so the mile-long crescent of First Beach was familiar to me. It was still breathtaking. The water was dark gray, even in the sunlight, white-capped and heaving to the gray rocky shore. Islands rose out of the steel harbor waters with sheer cliff sides, reaching to uneven summits and crowned with austere, soaring firs. The beach had only a thin border of actual sand at the water's edge, after which it grew into millions of large, smooth stones that looked uniformly gray from a distance, but up close where every shade a stone could be, terracotta, sea green, lavender, blue-gray, dull gold. The tide line was strewn with huge driftwood trees, bleached bone white in the salt waves, some piled together against the edge of the forest fringe, some lying solitary, just like, just out of reach of the waves. There was a brisk wind coming off the waves, cool and briny. Pelicans floated on swells white, while sea seagulls and a lone eagle wheeled above them. The clouds still circled the sky, threatening to invade at any moment, but for now, the sun shone bravely in its halo of blue sky. Dang. Like, damn, okay, Stephanie, like, really going for it here. Like, like, scene set, you know? Yeah, um, no, that makes, that sure makes me feel like it was a, a moment of like, oh, this is an unfamiliar place, and yeah. um, maybe looking at, at finding pictures or visiting and trying to get that across, because to me, that's not even just like, that's a description of a Pacific Northwest beach to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like, think we like, have pelicans, but that's okay. <laughs> I would love to see some if we do. Yeah. Uh, cool birds. But yeah, no, it's just, it, it, it came completely out of nowhere. Like, I I was really taken aback by how um, vivid the language became all of a sudden. And it, it's really funny because her vocabulary has always been very purple, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. throughout this book. Um, but usually only to describe... Um, feelings or 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 people um and it was refreshing to see her kind of reach into the box and and finally like describe a place i'm certainly not saying that any of this is like you know like this is not the most amazing writing i've i've read all of a sudden but it, it's it's it was very satisfying to see the um the story shift a bit uh into it into a different style when when she uh, got out of forks um it, it almost it almost makes me wish that like more of the story was gonna be set in like new places because she's good at setting a stage here like like it it, it yeah, was that's very got, that's got atmosphere mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a that's a good atmosphere to hear a scary story yeah right and, and she and you know the, this this description continues throughout all the chapter because bella is there 
with Mike and Jessica and Angela and like a bunch of other characters who <laughs> like aren't really characters um, <laughs> um, because she's not talking to them. She's just like in her own head. She's thinking about Edward. Um, she's like staring at the beach uh, and, and, and brooding. Um, and it, 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 <laughs> this is like, I, I've talked about how, um, uh, like this, this is a novel ass novel, right? In a way mm-hmm. that a lot of like the later Harry Potter stuff wasn't for just to like to reach for contrast, right? Right. Um, we we talked a lot about how the later Harry Potter books felt like she was imagining the movie version of it as she was writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so like unfilmable, <laughs> if you know what, like like not literally, but it's like it's like this is this is novels doing what novels do right Right. it's like providing interiority for the character it's setting a scene for you to sort of like live in as you're reading like it's this is this is capital n novel stuff um yeah in a in a way that i was like really really surprised by um and and enjoyed as she uh at least in the first half of this chapter as she uh uh got to the beach and sort of like had her little grumpy uh um sulk thinking about why edward's so weird yeah i mean that style is is interesting when she talks about her inspirations like i'm obviously not saying twilight is a classic or anything but i do believe that she has been inspired by stuff like pride and prejudice and some Mm -hmm. novel ass novels right Mm -hmm. like clearly that's what she's shooting for is is that (laughs) uh, is a novel ass novel it's really funny, by the way, that you mentioned the classics thing. The first line of this chapter is, hold on, let me let me get this. This is too good. God damn um, it. <laughs> as I sat in my room trying to concentrate on the third act of Mac- Macbeth, I was really oh. listening for my truck. <laughs> Whom among us? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's moody, which is uh, I think I, I I think a lot of this book. So far, as much as I've like enjoyed the character of Bella, has kind of like coasted on my own knowledge of what Forks or like you know any small Washington town is like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is truly creating an atmosphere. This is setting a a, a mood. It's you know it's kind of got this forlorn kind of foreboding, but like also a very pretty. Uh, 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 atmosphere that that is like, I, I hope this keeps up. You know, it's like this has been the most striking part of the book I think so far as being like, wow, yeah, this is what the Pacific Northwest is kind of like. Like, yeah, 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 this is this is good. Um, uh, she also, <laughs> I, I will say, I think that this is sort of um inverted in that. Uh, as much as I like Bella when she gets to the beach and is is sort of like like thinking about stuff, the setup to getting to the beach where she's back at school and the other kids are like being mean to her because she uh, sat with Edward or whatever, that stuff is almost nonsense. <laughs> I, I like just the <laughs> the the briefness, like that, like the brevity with which it's described. Like Jessica is all of a sudden being really cold and snooty to her. As if I really know who Jessica is as a character at this point, like I, you know, it's like, oh, this person's being mean to me now. Like, who, who's Jessica? I, uh, likewise, Angela is like 
still she's hanging around. She's the nice one. She's the nice one. Like these are like such non-characters um that it it for as moody as the the outdoor scene is, the school scene really suffers from just being like it's teen drama because it's saying that the teens are doing drama. You know what I mean? Like, like I get no sense of like what this experience is like or, or who these characters are, why they might be acting this way. It's such a Um, bummer that there is a Edward perspective book and yet I didn't use the opportunity to read these non characters minds and have them just be completely different. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if Angela Mm, was like secretly like (laughs) really mean in her head, but no, it's like, it's always like Edward reads her mind and finds out that she's really genuinely the nicest person in the world. Yeah. It's, it's very odd. Like there's, there's this huge cast in the school side of the story that doesn't matter in the slightest. (laughs) We've got Mike, Angela, Jessica, um, I'm drawing it. There's like two other guys, right? Um, Eric. Eric. Is Someone Colin else. the character, or am I just completely? There's like uh, a third guy. I'm pretty a sure. Third guy, definitely. Yeah, because there's the there's Mike, the jock. There's Eric, the nerd, and then there's normal guy Tyler. Tyler, that's right. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I highlighted this. Tyler's car gets a name drop. It's Tyler's Sentra um, is, is noticed in the parking lot. Is that a cool car? Uh, Nissan Sentra? Nissan it's Sentra. A, is it a just... practical car. That's a practical car, I would say. That is a car for a human, not a vampire. <laughs> not Yeah, not a shiny Volvo, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's the... Bella is is a very weird character in that she's at her most interesting when she's alone. Um, uh, like if if she's got a lot of runway to brood, the writing can be great. <laughs> um, um, e- you know, even if she is like thinking about these other characters, it really fleshes her out. But whenever there's like a scene that's like we were walking in the halls and you know Jessica said such and such, it's just it it's so. Uh, rickety and and bare bones um and it's really noticeable in this chapter because the the field trip or it's, it's not a field trip but like the trip to the beach is just like so vivid and lush right it, it, it's really striking how different it feels as soon as they change setting do you kind of get the impression that she feels like she has to account for time at all times like it's like the, mm, it's like the mm-hmm. scene skip can't exist, right? It's like, right. well, what did she do before she went to the beach? Well, she would have had to go to school, right? Does that yeah. make sense? Because sometimes no, totally, I feel like yeah. that in mine, where I'm like, I don't need the scene, but it's as if it's as if it was like, well, Edward has to go to school before he can go home. Hmm. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. I. I. I Right, because I mean, we that 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 line I read you about, like I I was going to sleep trying to focus on Macbeth or whatever. It's like, did did we need that? Like, like the the crucial information is that her truck did uh, appear at home as promised, right? Like, right. Like we, there's not we're not really getting anything out of uh, those couple paragraphs of of her recounting the night over or recounting the evening over to herself before she goes to sleep and then waking up and going to school like the people could be 
cold to her in the car there. Like they all crowd into a minivan, you know? Right. Right. Um, like there's there's a lot of time compression you could totally do to this chapter to make uh, a lot of stuff uh, a, a bit more efficient um, and and kind of let that lush uh, 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 scene setting kind of stretch over the whole thing, you know, rather than mm-hmm. just sort of being like this thing that like kind of comes out of nowhere in the middle of the chapter and it's like whoa this is really cool okay moving on you know like I, I just sometimes get the impression as i'm reading it like i know it isn't but it feels like a novel written in real time or that it's try- <laughs> or that it's like trying to be right yeah yeah like it, it like it's not quite doing like the 24 conceit but it could be <laughs> right you know? like, yeah and i don't think it's intentional or there's anything behind it yeah. um I don't want to just say it's amateurish, but that's kind of how it comes across sometimes. It's it's very like it, the book. I am I will say this. I am I am blessed to be reading an ebook copy. I think um, <laughs> because Twilight is a very large novel, um, and I think I think that like having that sensation of feeling how many pages are left, you know, while reading this sort of like meaningless scene in the hallway for right. example might yeah. like really color stuff like i might just be like oh fuck this is the like, when are we gonna get to the vampire stuff but i you know it's it's it, it's not cutting novels up is hard and and who knows maybe there will be information revealed in a later chapter that makes these scenes critical but you're right it often feels like it can't trust the audience to know that like time passed <laughs> right yeah like like if she goes to bed at the end of a chapter and then the next chapter wake starts with her like leaving school like we she didn't teleport we know that she went to school that day right, right. like yeah but when 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 i was thinking like are we going to be doing twilight next my my impression of twilight was so shaped by all the 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 jokes and memes about it like i thought it was gonna be like way worse to read if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah like it's it's definitely got corny stuff in it but it is extremely readable like this is a very readable novel for the most part like yeah it's it's a little maybe a little bloated but it it's 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 moving the the reading it has not been difficult um it's yeah goes down smooth which is which is you know that's a skill that's a that's a pretty decent writing skill to have a workmanlike novel absolutely yeah yeah it's 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 doing what it's supposed to for Mm -hmm. the most part right Mm -hmm. however we cannot get around the fact that twilight's portrayal of the quileute nation not great not much of it happens in this chapter it's really just a um uh, like a cursory introduction to the uh, some of the characters and 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 Jacob in particular, he gets a lot of dialogue, but it immediately starts off on the wrong foot in the way that the characters are described and sort of presented. Mm-hmm. Bella goes to the rock pools with the boys to like get away from Jessica, um, and and sort of keep thinking about Edward, and when they come back, some more people have joined them. And, it, and the story kind of immediately launches into this sort of, I guess, exotified might be the best way to put it, like description of, of the new newcomers. It just immediately starts talking about their uh, their shiny black hair and they, oh, they were so big 
and their their skin was like russet gold, right? And it's very there's there's describing stuff physically, and then there's sort of it's like a know it when you see it kind of thing, right? Where it's very othering, yeah. Especially not helped by the fact that when it talks about how the eldest boy eldest boy starts introducing all the characters. It just says that the, the the tallest eldest boy started rattling off names. Does not tell us what the names are. Just, <laughs> oh my god. Just says that he started rattling them off. Uh-huh. Which, look, Stephanie, I already have a hard time memorizing fucking Angela and Jessica and Mike and Tyler. You cannot <laughs> pretend... Do not tell me that it is too much work <laughs> to name the Quellute characters, please. Like, come the fuck on. Wrong foot forward. And it's too bad because the scene that it's describing, I think, is really quite nice. There's this, this, this mood that I described previously, right? Of like, you know, it's, it's, it's a Pacific Northwest beach, right? So it's not like a sunny... Uh, 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 like afternoon out with your pals in your swimsuit or whatever. It's like it's hiking, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's very, it's very wet. It's damp. It's overcast. The sun is barely shining. Like it's got this great mood to it. And this description of like, oh, some other people came and and joined us. And there's a real sense of like place and time here that I I really enjoyed. The idea, like, I mean, th this is similar to like the fork stuff recalling a bunch of memories for me like i remember walking down to the beach at, in olympia washington yeah uh, yeah and 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 like having scenes like this where people would just sort of like drift in and out and the idea that you know these uh, other characters could come in and sort of connect with bella or not connect with her you know like however she however she interacts with them like like the the scene is so compelling but it fails right out of the gate by refusing to like let them be characters that she's getting to interact with, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are just set dressing for the most part. Right. There's almost like I can see a version of this that's just this very quaint little slight like slice of life Pacific Northwest scene, right? Right. It it doesn't get there. It it's it's too wrapped up in the sort of like exotic kind of dehumanizing portrayal of of like the other yeah yeah to go to that effort and then not is yes yeah uh. right and 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 like that continues so so jacob jacob himself is so charming mm -hmm. really fun character i mean he like he's a motor mouth character mm -hmm. and that's really fun to see bella interact with because bella is very quiet right and and reserved and and shy um and seeing them interact is like immediately very, very arresting. Um, but unfortunately, outside of their like fun real life like character connection, which is that Charlie bought Bella's truck from his grandfather, is I believe the uh, from Billy. Mm. He is mostly there to deliver exposition. And the exposition he is delivering is Stephanie Myers. <laughs> really stupid uh corruption of like the quillute origin story yeah. right yeah uh, the gall honestly it's uh. it, it, it's doubly frustrating because not only 
is it you know on its face just a just a bad portrayal of the of this of this like you know real existing people's culture right it is so out of character for what jacob seems like as a person mm. um because he shifts from being this like charming like charming little scamp i guess is kind of the 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 impression i get right to he just suddenly shifts gears into like the you know the one part of the western you fast forward through where right. the where the wise old indian comes and 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 you know imparts imparts some mysticism to our cowboy hero you know what i mean yeah yeah every every fucking 90s show had that episode <laughs> it it speaks to both how well defined he is as a character immediately and also to how clumsy stephanie meyer's portrayal of the quellute nation is in how he only is on the page for like you know a few paragraphs before he shifts into exposition mode and he is so well he makes such a good first impression mm -hmm. that like switching that fast into into this like this really bad monologue is like no, he wouldn't. He was a person a second ago. Right. Not a, a stock character. Um, and it was very um, apparent reading this this uh, this chapter, even for as little as really there. I mean, like they, they these characters, they show up they're They are physically described. And, and, and then Bella and Jacob have a short conversation. But even even this brief appearance is enough to make me go like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, this, this this is the this is the problem with Twilight right here. You just want to be like, can you shut up? Like, stop yeah, it! Like, why do you not? Why do you like? Why do you not know to not do this? Yeah, I mean, and and and, and I think to the other part that just makes it so um, just like needling to read is that like it does not take much research to see. Not only how, like, wrong her her portrayal of these characters is, right? Just, like, on its face. But, like, you don't gotta look far to see what, like, the material impact this stuff had on this group of people. Mm -hmm. The Kulia Nation is, like, a square mile. And when Twilight came out, they had to, like, ask people to, like, stop coming in unannounced because they were like trampling over burial grounds and stuff uh and they they were never consulted up front they they don't get like any profit from like the merch or anything right like they don't uh 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 get to they don't get any say in how these characters are portrayed and and you know were never asked to weigh in and not only that it's like their story is just like out there now and 99% of people who know the word quillute probably know it from twilight and they're like oh yeah you're the werewolf guys right and like that's just so depressing to me right yeah on top of all the other shit that uh tribes have gone through in in the pacific northwest it's it's just not fun not clever on stephanie meyer's part and it's it's naive in a way where it's so frustrating to read because it's like I, I anyone could do better than this right like mm -hmm. 
with a little forethought and compassion. Yeah, it is like my reaction is to be like, will you shut the fuck up and stop talking, <laughs> right? It, is, it isn't It is an excuse or any, like, it's no, not no, a, no, no. oh, she didn't know. It's... No. Uh, I mean, regardless of whether or not she did, right? Like, it's just a, 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 a measurable material impact, right? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, that is uh, where this story is going. It turns out that um, the Cullens have uh, have been banished from the from uh, Jacob's family's land because they are blood drinkers. And uh, uh, there we go. There's and there's even there's even this moment right where I got so mad because Jacob is like, oh, it just sounds like a stupid ghost story, doesn't it? And I'm like, yeah, because it's like the bad version of a really cool real story, Stephanie. Like, you can't do that. You can't just like <laughs> it. Th- it definitely comes off as naive. However, there is a little bit where I'm like, I think she knew that this wasn't okay because you're the author, right? You can't, you can't have the character who you are misrepresenting apologize for misrepresenting his culture, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's just. Start over. Start from scratch on that one. I think um, there, there's a lot of like. Uh, uh, so I, 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 I did some research on this that I think will be relevant to read on here once we get into some of the more outrageous stuff later in the story. Right. Um, it keeps going. It keeps going. Keeps getting more. Like the hole keeps digging. Right. So like we'll we'll uh, we'll check in with this stuff uh, uh, as it comes up. But you know, if you just you know just Google. Uh, Twilight Quileute, and there are a lot of like good sources uh, um, from uh, writers in the in the tribe in the nation um, who have like written about this um, and uh, and talk kind of talked about their experience or like you know what it's done. Um, and that's really all I had for this chapter. So no like wacky beach stuff. They didn't throw any beach balls or have any <laughs> no. you know splash fights or. No, no beach episode stuff. Darn. Which I actually, you know, I gotta say, that, that similar to what I was saying about wh- how disappointed I was with how how poor the back half of this chapter is, um, I like how mellow this whole, whole thing is, right? Like, like, this is just a bunch of teens hanging out, having private conversations, there's like a boombox that's playing. We uh, the return of the unspecified CD. Oh, they're uh, listening to CDs. They're listening to CDs. Tyler, I believe Tyler shows Jessica a CD and asks for her opinion on it at one oh, point. I wonder what it was. We, we don't know what CD, but 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 he but CDs a plenty in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like the scene is so cool, right? Like you're on the beach. It's the evening. It's not very energetic. It's more just sort of like a subdued. Uh, a hangout and some new people come and say hi and then kind of the group kind of splits it, like it's like it, it's such a it, it's a powerful image to me full of just like the mundane humanity i, I like it just you know but just a banal everyday scene right of some of some kids having fun did anybody bring any uh illicit substances to the beach no nothing like that either uh it's i mean well to be fair it's just like i think drinks and food are mentioned so all the description really (laughs) went to the setting we we don't really get any 
No, no. <laughs> I will enjoy. I will have some food and drink while I listen to my CD. Yeah. <laughs> very, very sparse uh, description of, of perhaps specifics uh, in the food and drink and, and music department. I love a good, just like normal slice of life, you know, like not an exaggerated slice of life thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like this isn't uh this isn't like the super bad house party, right? It's just like some people hanging out quietly. Like that's a that's a it's a great image that is unfortunately has a much worse uh uh uh, uh specter looming over it of the of the the, the representation stuff. Um, Darn. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, uh, that's only going to get worse, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't the one and done, sadly. Yeah. Um. Uh, any questions about the chapter? I guess, or shall we? Shall we find out what Edward's been up to up in the woods? Hmm. Yeah, let's check in with Edward. It's it's Team Edward time. Um, I read a chapter called Melody. Uh, And not much happened in it, so the summary is going to be pretty short. Um, But I kind of foreshadowed this by talking about um, some unaccounted for time and how it sort of feels like these stories are written in real time um, because (laughs) because Bella was on a beach trip. So we, of course, had to find out what Edward was doing while she was on the beach trip. um, And we kind of get back into it um, where Edward has to go back to school after um, after dropping Bella off because she oh. was sick after blood typing, mm-hmm. except he spends the entire rest of the day at school, which is only like one class or something, um, having an internal monologue to himself um, about how much he loves Bella and how could this happen and what choice will he make? There are no good choices um, that eventually culminates into him um, kind of realizing to himself that while his attraction to her was initially pure, it is now horny. Um, so he has sort of that <laughs> oh, revelation no. to himself. Oh no, he's gotten um, horny? And, yeah, he's got horny, but he's all, he's just like... Uh, but it can never be because I am a monster. Um, and then we must account for, uh, I guess, the weekend, right? So um, what that amounts to is him sending Alice to drop off the truck, um, and he goes home, and there is a long scene that is most of the chapter um, of them at home uh, of Edward at home with his uh, adoptive vampire siblings, and they are all doing their separate vampire hobbies. Um, mm. So that's how we're learning about them. Um, so Rosalie is working on tuning up her BMW. Of course. Um, Esme is doing um, architectural design for their house. <laughs> Alice is doing fashion design for Rosalie's out like wardrobe um jasper and emmett are playing chess with eight chess boards because they're genius vampires um and edward sits down to play his new composition on the piano <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so, fuck yes uh so they were all doing that for a really long time um after that emmett and edward go bear hunting um 
So this is the weekend that we are in, in, like accounting for here. And we learn a little bit more about Emmett's character who loves to fight and wishes that he could fight Edward more like, you know, <laughs> playfully because, but Edward can read his mind. So they can't really fight very well. Um, and then uh, Bella has obviously returned from her beach trip and Edward goes into her room again and watches her sleep and wonders what she did on her beach trip. And that is the end of my chapter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So I have to admit something. When when you said um we have to account for the weekend. Yeah. I my mind immediately leapt to like the guy, the weekend, the the, the singer. <laughs> and I was just imagining like do you think Edward listens to the weekend? I bet. I bet that's I bet. probably what his CDs CDs yeah, are. Yeah. I mean like that's some brooding music, right? Like like you know, especially the earlier stuff. Very like when brooding. When I was going, I was just about to ask R&B. when did the weekend start um uh, uh, composing their tunes? To to I want to say that first album was like the first mixtape was like 2010 or something. Wow. So I guess I guess I guess he wouldn't be at this point. But I, I, I can see, you know, Edward just, like, sitting in his car, you know, listening to a CD to calm down. He's going, I, I, I am. I am a motherfucking star boy. I yeah. am. I am the star boy. <laughs> I, I, I can't feel my face sometimes. <laughs> I, I, could, I could see it. I could see it. That's probably how he felt playing the piano with his, <laughs> his new composition. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. 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 I could, I could see it. Yeah. Um, Wow, it sounds like you had a much more delightful time with your chapter than I did. I did have a delightful time. Um I I'm not I'm not trying to be nice. This was the most Wattpad ass shit I've ever <laughs> read in my life out of a real published novel. I am so intrigued by this this scene you have described of all of them hanging out doing their hobbies together. Yeah. I want to know more about this. I, I'm 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 desperate to know. I so, mean, it is literally framed that way, where it's just like a list, where he's like, oh, ah, and then we went home and did our our various activities. Um, the the like bulk of the chapter is a long description of him playing the piano um, because mm. he sits down and he hasn't played in a really long time and he begins the new composition and um, it's like all, it's like hopeful and like full of love and all this stuff. And like adoptive mom Esme comes down. It's like, Oh, you're playing again, Edward. I'm so glad to hear it. And like holds his shoulders as he plays. And she's like, don't, and he, you know, gets distracted. And she's like, no, don't stop playing. <laughs> But then as he like comes to the conclusion, he realizes he doesn't know how to end it because ending it's going to break his heart and on oh and my on. God. Holy oh, my crap. God. Oh, my God. Edward. Is, Edward. It, yeah. Wow. A, a true maestro. Um, I also forgot the best detail where um, Alice joins in and does like a choral harmony with the song. What? what? While she's doing... Uh, uh, she was doing... Wait, was Alice doing fashion or, or architecture? She was, she was doing fashion. She's doing fashion. Esme was doing architecture. Esme is doing architecture. Okay. So so Alice, while she's like, I don't know, p- pinning stuff to a mannequin, starts going, oh, like, yep, like along. Yep, like walks Lovely. over. Lovely. And Esme is like standing behind him, like squeezing his shoulder, like, like you could, <laughs> giving him a back. 
grab or something <laughs> as he's playing the piano. And then she walks up and starts singing. This is insane. This is great. I, oh, this is what I live for. The just completely unhinged character moments here. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I wish I wish it came more across as, like, weirdo vampire stuff instead mm-hmm. of just Wattpad stuff. Um, right. But, but what a delight. I mean, really, both great options, right? I, so here's the thing. I imagine this scene has to be written with people who have read, like, all the books in mind, right? Maybe. As opposed to, like, yeah. just okay. Twilight. Because yes. like, the thing is, to, to me, who has only seen Alice, like, once in uh-huh. this whole story, right? I'm like, I know, I know nothing about her other than that Bella said she was really hot and kind of a tomboy, right? That, like, that's the, those are the two things that I have heard about her from Bella, and then she hasn't, like, done anything. Oh, and she drove her truck home, apparently. Um, Ed- Edward said, Alice is going to drive your truck home. That's all I have. And so learning that she's like, oh, also she's like uh, a seamstress is such a like curveball, right? Like it's just it's it it's the wildest piece of information you could have told me. Oh like, yeah, it feels like it's skipping so far ahead in terms of like like you know you know when you're, when especially if you're like watching like a procedural TV show or something, right? And mm-hmm. they'll like slowly dole out the characters' foibles to you, right? right. Um or, or like Star Trek or whatever does this. But like it, it, the the first thing I have learned about Alice basically is that she uh her hobby is being a seamstress and a fashion designer and that is that's very that's a that's a big that's a big first one, I guess. Like, oh, like definitely. I, I have to recalibrate everything I know about her all of a sudden. I mean, it is very much like a this list might as well be their list of cars, right? Y- it right, has the yes. exact same effect as that. Yeah. Like, these are their vampire hobbies. I mean, yeah, and Rosalie is working on her car, right? Yeah. On her BMW. That's... She's probably the one that gets the most, uh like stuff to mm-hmm. to think because she has kind of a moment uh during this because she actually it starts where she isn't doing her vampire hobby and that's weird oh. um edward ends up reading her mind she finally lets slip why she's so angry and wants to kill bella and it's because um <sighs> Because it's really not very clear, but as far <laughs> as I can tell, it is because Edward has never been attracted to her, and she's gotten over that. But her special talent, her cutie mark, is that she's beautiful, and <laughs> but but Edward has never been attracted to anyone. But now that he is, she's jealous. Okay. Even though she isn't interested in him, but she's like, I am not the most beautiful <laughs> pony in the land. So she, okay. So she doesn't want Edward. She just wants Edward to want her. Also, they're like family. Um, well. I Well, I guess it's just a cover story, but. I mean, it is, except for they're all adopted by. Right. They all think of them as parental figures. Don't uh, think too much about okay. it. <laughs> Emmett, and, Emmett and Rosalie are married. Alice and Jasper are together. 
they're all oh, adopted. Right. They're right. all adopted oh, by right. I forgot about Esme Alice and, and Carlisle. God damn it. <laughs> oh boy. Again, it would be very good if this was all just like weird out of touch vampire stuff. Yeah, right. It's not. Yeah. No, this I, is this... I think it's supposed to be very heartwarming. We're yeah, all supposed I to mean... be like, aw. This this is like <laughs> they're doing Mass Effect Citadel DLC for the book here. That's what this is, they right? Are, it's like, oh, you want you want to see all your favorite characters just like in their downtime, not really, not really doing anything. This is like this is the bonus version of um, uh, 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 feeling like you have to mark every piece of time in the story, right? Like, yeah, you you get to see them. You do get to see Link go to sleep, right? In in this version, um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. Wow, I, I, I need to, I need to like. Can, can you read like the list scene or something? Because because the thing that I just can't get a grasp on is what's the tone of this scene like? Like what 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 is the Sure. What is the vibe here? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Mm, thank you. Alice climbed into the... Oh, I guess they're... So they're driving home. Because you can't not account for their drive home. <laughs> otherwise, you might be confused. Right. How did they get home? How did they get home? Can vampires well, teleport? Well, don't worry. We trooped into the house and then went to our various pastimes. Emmett and Jasper were in the middle of an elaborate game of chess, utilizing eight joined boards spread out along the glass back wall and their own complicated set of rules. They wouldn't let me play. Only Alice would play games with me anymore because he can read minds. (laughs) Alice went to her computer just around the corner from them and I could hear her monitors sing to life. Alice was working on a fashion design project for Rosalie's wardrobe, but Rosalie did not join her today to stand behind her and direct cut and color as Alice's hand traced over the touch sensitive screens. Whoa, 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 whoa. They've got touch monitors in 2005? I know. Holy fuck. Instead, today, Rosalie sprawled sullenly on the sofa and started flipping through 20 channels a second on the flat screen, never pausing. I could hear her trying to decide whether or not to go out to the garage and tune her BMW again. She does, by the way. Esme was upstairs, (laughs) humming over a new set of blueprints. Alice leaned her head around the wall after a moment and started mouthing Emmett's next moves. Emmett sat on the floor, blah, blah, blah. Um, cause he's playing with Jasper. Um, and I, for the first time in so long that I felt ashamed, went to sit at the exquisite grand piano station just off the entryway. Oh, wow. Wow. So Beautiful. there's that glass wall that we there's were talking the glass, about. So yeah, they're, they're, they're playing chess by the big glass wall. I guess they <laughs> must be sparkling cause the sun, you know, if the sun's hitting the window just right. Yeah, it, probably. It, it must be quite quite stunning um i love this description of they're playing chess with eight boards and their own special rules i don't think that's chess anymore i think you've gone (laughs) you've gone beyond chess you just invented a new game at that point yeah edward's not allowed to play though (laughs) i know that the the book has been very selective with whether these characters seem like 18 or 100 right Uh uh-huh this makes them seem seven i yeah exactly i'm pretty sure the effect is supposed to be like wow they're geniuses they're like ancient (laughs) geniuses and you're totally right i'm like they are eight years old and don't know how to play chess (laughs) but for some reason have eight chess boards didn't it say they're sitting on the floor by the big glass wall too i think so yeah I had a lot more fun than you, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, I wanted to have fun, right? But you, on the other hand, 
get to learn about like vampire chess and touchscreen monitors and so i i want to know something about the rosalie car stuff by the way i'm very Mm -hmm. curious about this because i feel like there are two directions that this could go that are both very funny Mm -hmm. is is the effect to you like oh this is a incongruently not hot girl thing she's doing or is it like she's very sexily working on her BMW? Like uh, I pictured it like working hotly on the BMW. Working, okay. But okay. I'm not sure uh, what the intent is exactly. Because it's not really described. She just goes off right. and angrily tunes up her BMW. Because <laughs> like the, 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 two, the two kinds of women that exist in Twilight so far, mm-hmm. in, at least in my novel, are... Uh, the unbelievably beautiful high femmes. Right. Or not like other girls, right? And like, yeah. I, fe- I feel like working, I feel like girl working on car work, like can f- slot so easily into either one of those, right? As like, as like a trope, you know what I Definitely, mean? Definitely, like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like having a hard time. Like, is it like, oh, Rosalie, it's a, it's like a surprising detail about her. She actually knows what cars do. Or whatever, or it's like, uh, it's like Megan Fox leaning over the Transformers car, right? Like, ooh, sexy. That was sort on. of. I was sort of picturing more the pinup jumpsuit, right? Sort right. of thing, but that's like purely what I am bringing to the table because it's not. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't go one way or the, the other. Right, um, right. All of the all of the budget is spent on this um, beautiful Piano. narrative being spun by Edwards. Mm. Um, Edward's composition. <laughs> Edward's composition. Uh, I'll read this part from the end because um, it kind of maybe will give you an impression of how the story is told. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is as he's approaching um, the end of the song. Um, let's see. This is when Al- so Alice has jumped in and sort of started singing i added her line to the harmony my hands were flying across the keys now to work all the pieces together modifying (laughs) it a bit taking it in a new direction she caught the mood and sung along yes perfect i said esme squeezed my shoulder but i could see the end now with alice's voice rising above the tune and taking it to another place i could see how the song must end because the sleeping girl was perfect just the way she was and any change at all would be wrong a sadness The song drifted toward that realization, slower and lower now. Alice's voice lowered, too, and became solemn, a tone that belonged under the echoing arches of a candlelit cathedral. I played the last note and then bowed my head over the keys. Wow. Wow. He's wrote, like, Flight of the Bumblebee for his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) The the image of... I I just have this this picture of like trying to write a song and somebody coming over and going ah and just like that's like got to be the most annoying thing in the world if you're trying to work on it right like not helpful not helping me someone's coming over giving you a back rub and like, we're no. not the fucking Beatles go away I want to work on my song. <sighs> I dearly hope that this this composition either appears in the movies so I can hear it or 
someone has like written or like, but perhaps Stephanie Meyer has like said, Oh, it sounds like this. Right. I, I want to know like what his composition style is, uh, for his like little song about Bella that he's written. It's for, so for as much as I was talking about how, like, this is like like my chapter was leaning into some of the stuff that novels are really good at, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like describing music on the page is insanely difficult, right? Yes, um, that is, you know, it, it's it, it just, music is so subjective um, and so reliant on like your own knowledge and like opinion on on music. Like it's 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 so hard to like write about someone composing something in a in a in a evocative way i feel and this i have no sense of what this sounds like other than like funny you know what i mean like like it, it's it's so difficult to imagine this for me i don't think this ever captures the mood that you want it to if you want to write this right like yeah. i know it's tempting I get it. I get that you're hearing it all in your head and it's a beautiful moment, but it's just is never ever gonna come across that way. Right. It's always funny. It, it, it's the only it's the only <laughs> way it's gonna be is funny. It, it it would I feel like it would work like one like if it wasn't a composition and he was just like playing some like you I mean if, even if he was playing Claire de Lune or something, right? Like cause cause that was a piece that he and Bella like have a little connection over now. Cause she got in his car and was like surprised he was listening to it. Right. Yeah. And like, if, if that was like stuck in his head since that moment, cause he can't get her off his mind like that, I feel makes sense. And like, you know, most people have, have heard that song or if they haven't, that's a very easy one to like go on YouTube. Right. And like get a sense <laughs> of like what the tone of the scene is. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I, I, I would say, the best writers struggle with describing music that doesn't exist. Right. Like, like, like that, that's, that's just very tough to do and building a whole scene around that. in like a kind of silly vampire novel is just really, that's a big swing. I will say, right. Like, Oh, it's a big swing. It's a big swing. If you don't have any musical accompaniment, uh, in a visual medium, perhaps, um, <laughs> Yeah. I, I do think that I am sold on um, Bella and Edward uh, belonging together. Like, I can totally see this inseparable mm-hmm. couple, and she's, like, reading Macbeth, and he's playing Claire de Lune on the piano, <laughs> and they're they're made for each other. Yeah, they, they, they both have, like, Reader's Digest taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. They're, yeah, they, they belong together, the world's most insufferable couple. <laughs> Edward Edward losing his mind when the uh, the Halo Three commercial with uh, Nocturne in it. Comes oh on. shit! Yeah, right. Like yeah, he would go bananas for that shit. Uh, that yeah, he'd be he'd be composing up a storm thinking about the Master Chief at that point. Like like yeah. Oh, absolutely. I go bananas <laughs> anytime I hear that because it makes me think of the Halo. <laughs> Halo trailer. That that trailer honestly kind of slaps. Like yeah, it's pretty it rocks. good. It rocks. Um okay, so so that scene sounds completely off the wall. I I I I I am in love with that. I I love that. 
See, this is why Wattpad is like ahead of regular novels, because if this was a Wattpad <laughs> chapter, it would just have the YouTube link embedded into the into the text, and it would say it sounds something like this, and yeah, it would it just have Claire de Lune. It would be it would be like like RP quotes, like Edward plays song really fast, Alice <laughs> singing along really good, you know. So- like... Sounds kind of like this. Link to Assassin's <laughs> Creed soundtrack song. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Ezio's family dot mp3 oh fuck oh but I want to know I want to know about this hunting scene yeah yeah sadly sadly the piano scene while most of the chapter isn't all of it um uh Emmett and uh Edward go and um and Emmett kills a bear on screen. Oh uh, shit! Oh fuck! <laughs> this chapter's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about yours. Yeah, I had to like do research for mine. Like, <laughs> talk about to, a serious. Talk shit. about like a really serious issue. You've got like like a bunch of guys playing chess on the floor and uh, a <laughs> guy fighting a bear. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, Emmett. Um. It's actually kind of gruesome. It's a little Ooh. fucked up. Um, and like, I get that they're like vampires or whatever. And this is like the good thing that they do. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if we learned this from the books or from Stephanie Meyer's like website. They like get stronger eating predators and not like deer. Right. Yeah. We There was like a hierarchy, right? Where it's like. You'll still be fine. I okay. If I remember right, if I'm remembering right, if you are thirsty, uh, you can still throw a minivan across a football field. Yes. If you drink a rat's blood, you can throw it across like two football fields. Uh huh. Um, and then it's just, like it, the, the curve seems very. Uh, it's like like we're we're getting into like Super Saiyan versus like Super Saiyan two and three, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Like and you know, like a Super Saiyan will still knock the shit out of you, but if you're gonna fight a Super Saiyan, you might want to go Super Saiyan two. Like that's right. sort of what it that's sort of like the the scale this seems like the on the on the like blood power stuff. Yeah. Um well that's why that they're hunting they're hunting predators and not just deer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh but kind of in service of like explaining what Emmett's character is, because we've heard a little bit before he he and Jasper like wrestle, right? Mm-hmm. Um they fight sometimes. But Again, Emmett's like they the... sound seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and Emmett's kind of like the meathead character, right? right. Um but it's kind of fucked up because he's like wrestling a bear at the at the beginning of their hunting scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of like playing with, like he's not threatened at all. And the bear right. is like fighting for its life. He's kind of toying with it a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. And yeah. then Edward's kind of like, I don't do that. And I guess Edward uh, caught and killed a mountain lion off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> so, but, but you get this whole like, you know, Edward and Emmett are like joking around as Emmett's killing this bear. The bear took advantage of the distraction to rake its heavy paw across Emmett's chest. The sharp claws threaded through his shirt and squealed across his skin. The bear bellowed at the high-pitched noise. Ah, hell, Rosalie gave me this shirt. It's just, it's kind of gross. <laughs> I, I'm, I, 
this is the kind of gross that I think would be really cool and something a little more knowing, right? Like, yeah. Like, like this is this is approaching like like Anne Rice or World of Darkness kind of weird, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like the vampires just are that fucked up, right? Like they they are so detached and so different from what like we would consider a human being that like yeah they're fucking playing with their food right like that it, it, it's creepy right right but twilight i imagine that emmett is supposed to come across as like sort of like like charming lunkhead here right yeah, like, definitely yeah doesn't work doesn't come across that way it sounds like and I, it, it has like the vibe of like a you know the 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 fellow's out hunting, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But and and that's fine. I, and I'm not even really. I'm not saying that I'm like disturbed by this or anything. But it just has a different effect when there is like a bloody brawl happening at the same time with the bear, and he's just like carrying on this like other conversation as he's kind of brutalizing right. this animal. Yeah, it, it's it's like the power dynamic needs to be part of the character. I think right, mm-hmm. like like. It can't, it can be played for, like, dark comedy in the service of the character, right? Uh-huh. Like, if you if you are saying, yeah, this character's a vampire, they're, they're fucked up, they're not like a human, right? Like, that would work. But if, if it's just being played just for comedy, right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it funny that this bear can't kill this guy? It's like... I don't know, not really. It just seems like he's torturing it. <laughs> like, like, that's not... Yeah, that that's... is sort of... It, it's like, oh, so you're torturing this animal. That's cool. Um, yeah. The bear roared, and it roared again through his laughter. Then he launched himself at the animal who stood a head taller than him on its hind legs, and their bodies fell to the ground, tangled up together, taking a mature spruce tree down with them. The bear's growls cut off with a gurgle. A few minutes later, Emmett jogged over to where I was waiting for him. His shirt was destroyed, torn and bloodied. Sticky with sap and covered in fur, his dark curly hair wasn't in much better shape he had a huge grin on his face that was right, a like, strong one i could almost feel it when he clawed me oh uh, yeah see see like the, the this is such a good example of like just how big of a difference just slightly tweaking the tone knob can right. make right yeah like like they're like those even those exact words practically on the page word for word could be perfectly serviceable in a story that had a a, a, a different darker tone right mm-hmm. but this is twilight or midnight sun in this case which is like very not that right and so it just sticks out as like a huh okay and i'm supposed to like like this like he's the good vampire family guy like okay yeah it's just kind of gross yeah 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 it's cruel, yeah. but he doesn't know that it is. Exactly, exactly. Like if you're, if it is meant to show me the cruelty of this character, it could be great. But it doesn't seem like it. Mostly just wants me. To, it seems like it, like oh, he's so good at chess, and he, you know, he wants to play fight with Edward. It just makes it seem like we're supposed to think this guy is like cool and like the good vampire, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the rest of the scene's pretty boring because it just is externalizing Edward's internal monologue about how he doesn't know what to do. Because they just have, like, this... Like I said, it's the it's the fellas out hunting yeah. thing where they have their guy talk and, like, what what am I going to do? And um, right. Emmett just kind of repeats Edward's options to him. Like, well, you could <laughs> kill her, you could... Uh, 
marry her and leave her human or you could turn her into a vampire and he's like yeah none of these options are good none of these are really doing it for me man this is all bad Um, Uh and then he edward we go through the whole um like meteorite routine again where edward (laughs) is like humans die really fucking easily and it's like all these things that could be killed by a bear and um fall down and disease and and et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of his like on ramp to going and watching her sleep Mm -hmm. again. That's like almost a scene. Like, like, like him, him seeing the bear's claws glance off of Emmett or whatever. And thinking about like, that would fuck my girlfriend up. Right. Like, like that, that, that's something. Um, but it, doesn't seem like it's doing much with that i guess right it might like be trying to a little bit like it's it's clearly in the same scene so i don't want to say mm-hmm. it's like completely unintentional but it doesn't right it doesn't do anything with it well, right but, al- but like, also like edward's internal monologue is like overbearing completely right so yeah. if he doesn't think about it I don't know if the book is thinking about it, you know? True, true. Um, he's also very worried about Bella being told the story about the vampires while she's at the beach trip. Um, but mm. then, literally, <laughs> this is part of his monologue. Um, a place where a few old men still remembered the stories about the colons, remembered and believed them. A place where our secret was known, dot, dot, dot. I shook my head. I had nothing to worry about there. The Quileutes <laughs> were bound by treaty, too. <laughs> So, no worries there. One of Jacob's last lines is, I guess I just broke the treaty. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> just a, a good a good curb ending for that chapter, I guess. Absolutely. In that, in that light. So how does he end up at Bella's house again? Like, just he just, like, go, decides to go after this hunting trip? Like, enough killing animals. I'm going to protect my GF. Yeah, so I think that he just sort of decides to stop by and not go in but then he smells her scent on the trail near her house and he's like why is she going into the woods um Mm. and she he like follows the trail um and then he's like worried about why she would be doing that and then feels like he should go and make sure she's okay but he can't ask her why she was on the trail it doesn't make any damn sense Mmm, that's, I, I will say, that's something that doesn't happen in this, ch- in my chapter. Mmm. So I wonder, ah, uh, so I wonder if maybe I'll get some of that scene in the beginning of my next chapter, maybe? Or maybe this is new info. I bet. Um, because, yeah, the, this chapter ends with them all piling into the minivan and uh, driving home. Yeah, see, I think Edward is going to her room after, like, the night after she gets back from okay, the beach. So, because he's okay. like, I wonder how the beach was. Okay, so you're probably spanning, like, two chapters of mine, I see. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. He should stop doing that. He should um, stop doing that. I feel like um, I gave him a little bit of a pass the first time. Because, you know, I didn't want to be ashamed of my words and deeds. And he did kill that poisonous <laughs> spider. <laughs> That was there. I, I I really love I really love that that her explanation of of why he did that and why that's fine is is basically the like um well actually he's like got anxiety so <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's, yeah. Are you gonna? Oh, you're gonna be mad at him? Well, guess what? He doesn't. He doesn't know that meteors rarely land on people's houses. 
Exactly. Also, there was a spider there. So, checkmate. I hope that spider's not back. I, he literally has, like, a thought to himself where he's, like, what, like sarcastically, in a self-deprecating way, is, like, what am I going to tell her that I was here exterminating spiders? <laughs> well, So it's, I mean, like, it's not not self-aware. Ah, uh, but it's self-aware. Again, similar to don't my do it. chapter. It's self-aware in a way where, like, if you have to be self-aware about that, pick something else, right? Like... Yeah. Oop. Oh, darn. Sorry, my book's racist. Well, okay. Write something else that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I have no excuses for this. He should not be <laughs> watching Bell Asleep. Fucking uh, weird, dude. Again, similar, similar, similar to the bear stuff, right? It's like, could be good in a different tone. It's the tone knob. You got to the t- the tone knob is one of the most important knobs in the in the storytelling process. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you got you got to make sure that everything that's happening lines up with uh your your tone, your themes, your characters and your fa- facts. You can you can write characters doing fucking anything. Um yeah. But it's got it's got to work, you know? It's got to fit into the big picture. Um and uh, this really doesn't doesn't no. seem like his behavior makes much sense, uh, like outside of the fantasy aspect, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, that's where it's rough, right? Because it's like, OK, Stephanie, if the fantasy is the guy loves you so much, that he's going to break into your room and watch you sleep. OK, like <laughs> <laughs> like you wrote that story, right? <laughs> All righty. Um, but as soon as it's from Edward's perspective, it is like he, I mean, he was himself, he was played his beautiful composition for us. He went out hunting in the woods with Emmett. I get all of that. But then as soon as it needs to get back on rails with Twilight, it's like he gets puppeted into watching her sleep for no reason. Right. Like it makes a weird excuse for him almost. Right. Or like he's talking himself into it in a really unhealthy way. Right. Like Yeah. But the story is just, like, not doing anything with that quite potentially, like, pretty interesting character quirk, right? Like, he's yeah. just so Im- impulsive and, and, and so unfamiliar with, like, human norms, right? That he's just like, eh, I could I could go for a little bit of sleep watching, you know? Like, th- there's ways to make this work, but it just, it, it never gets there. No, it's um, scared of its own concept, for sure. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yes, right. I mean, like, it was kind of like, it's like kind of like what we were talking about last week with with the car scene stuff, where it's like, it's, you gotta be zero or a hundred with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be sitting in the middle. You, can, like, you, you, you can't, because then it's just like too real, right? Or, or too, it's, it's not committed enough to being a, a sort of dark fantasy. It's just sort of a confusing one. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, yeah. And it is like very real and it, it almost becomes real in in how much it's trying to make those excuses for itself. Right. Because mm-hmm. Edward is like, I shouldn't be doing this, but here's how I'm going to justify it to myself, which is right. like way creepier um, <laughs> in a very right. real way than like. I am a vampire and I'm going to watch you sleep now. Exactly. 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 Right. It's, it's the, the excuse making just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because it, it, like, it just shows that the, 
author knows that it's not working, I guess. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, write something else. <laughs> yeah, you gotta if 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 you are writing something, if you are writing a story and you find yourself bothered by it enough to like make an excuse for it, probably just tweet change it. You know, you you are the you are in charge of your own destiny when it comes to writing a novel. Um, you can put anything you want in there. You can make it more fucked up and it will probably be better, right? But it's just like, you can't sit in this weird uh, halfway point making excuses to the audience about why they can't be mad at it, you know? Mm-hmm. like I mean, yeah. I think I'd like it more if it was fucked up. Like, if he went there every night and was like, this time I'm going to suck her blood at night, and then every time was like, no, I will not do it because of excuse... Because I lo- like that would be fine. <laughs> yeah, there, there, but, there, but there's like funny. a vampire dilemma, right? Like, yeah. oh, I don't know whether to ki- kill her, kiss her. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah, you're, you're again, you're in the dark fantasy zone, then, right? Yeah. Like, you, it's not realistic. Um, I was going a, to suck her blood, but there was a spider, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You should like be hanging upside down like a bat in her room. Oh yeah, cool. definitely. You know, make it, make it, make it like weirder, right? <laughs> Not, uh, yeah, or make it weirder or don't do it at all. That, right. That's my stance on but this, that's, right? Like, that's where she's stuck because yeah. it's the fucking retelling of Twilight and he does it in Twilight. <laughs> yeah, he can't, yeah, he can't do anything can't that not didn't do happen. It. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when you're beholden to a book that you wrote 20 years ago, there's some stuff like that, because, you know, every, every, things change, right? Like attitudes yeah, like your 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 own attitude towards your own work changes, right? So I can sort I can I can empathize with the desire to like write your own fix it fic, you know? Yeah. Um, and she probably I'm sure plenty of this criticism made it through to her, right? Because I totally, feel like yeah. that was one of the easiest things if you wanted to do some Twilight dunking, would be like, oh, it's like he goes and uh, watches her like breaks into her room and watches her sleep. Um right. that's creepy. Um, was the yeah. thing that was kind of thrown around a lot. It absolutely is. Um, yeah. But I'm sure that that got back to her a lot. So this does feel like a little bit of a, um, an apology for that or like a right. trying to make it okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of sad. It's it's too bad because like, one, you didn't have to write the first book again from Edward's perspective. <laughs> Very critically, and, you did not have to. And if you did, if you did want to write this, you know, like not, not, not an, an idea I'm going to dismiss entirely out of hand. But if you did have to do that, similar to how I did not need to see Bella um, going to sleep and waking up and getting breakfast and going to class before going to the beach, um, you could probably just not do these scenes in such vivid detail, right? You, you could. We know it happened. Maybe he could say, like, oh, I can't believe I watched her sleep again. I should stop doing that, right? Like, in, in another scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> you can acknowledge it and sort of, you know, you're tied to it to a certain degree because it happened in the original. But, like, it's very funny to decide that you're going to address it head on. But not like all the way head on. Like you Make know, like, you're still gonna worse, fl- actually. you're still gonna flinch a little bit when the when it comes to get you. Um, yeah, he needs. Yeah. I keep being like he needs to be more evil. 
Yes. I keep he- coming back to that. And I'm like, but that, and I'm like, wait, that isn't the fantasy, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like, like, that's the thing, right? Is that the, the more we go down this road, the, the closer we just get to, like, the simple fact that, like, well, this is her dream guy, right? Like, this is the author's fantasy character, and it's it, 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 it's in a genre and, uh, like, a, a style of, of, of novel that's just very hard to, like... Like like suggest fair changes to that aren't just like well but the author wanted it this way because this is what she likes right so it, I don't know like it, it's prickly. Um, actually, I've solved it. Edward Ooh. Edward should be an angel like from Maximum oh. Ride by James Patterson. <laughs> uh-huh. But really though, he is he is an angel character, right? He, like if he yeah he yes he yeah he he. If he had some supernatural reason to be doing these things that by human norms are unacceptable, but by, you know, if he was like, if he was like the Nephilim, right? And like, like, I I, I do not care for you. Watching people sleep is is against the law. Well, okay. Well, I'm I'm from fucking heaven, right? Like, I'm here. I'm the guardian angel. Like, yeah, that works, right? Like, why do I suddenly have this urge to protect this human girl? Right. I will yeah. watch her sleep. Yeah. Again, make it. We gotta make it weirder. You gotta, you gotta go make weirder. it weird. You gotta make it weird. Let's get weird with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Twilight. Twilight. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're like we. This the scene where they're like, where or where Emmett is like, oh, I wish I could fight with Edward, but I wish I could play fight with Edward, but I can't. That is so there. So we, we've kind of gone through the list of like they're superheroes. They're not really vampires. They are Dragon Ball characters is what it feels like <laughs> at this point. Yeah, they they're super strong. They're super tough, like a bear, like a bear can't kill them. Um, and they also don't want to do anything but like fight each other for fun. And like, yeah, yeah. this, this Emmett's sort of sounding like Goku right now. It's. <laughs> Goku would like a... never torture a bear. Goku would never torture a bear. That's true. Um, he would fight a bear on it. He would like in a fair, fair tournament. He would face a bear, but yeah. he would not torture it for fun. That's true. <laughs> he is much too innocent for that. I mean, the bear would attack him, and he'd laugh, he'd be like ha ha ha. Yeah, he would like knock it out in one punch or whatever. But it would be it would be a fair. F- he'd like he'd like you know he'd knock the bear out, and then he'd be like, "That was great, a great try, buddy," and like you know stick his hand out to. <laughs> exactly yeah 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 see we're, we're, we can do we can fix this book we can we can we can make a new t- we can make a twilight but for goku absolutely we can <laughs> the ultimate himbo fantasy absolutely <laughs> see goku would break into someone's house at night to watch to to like protect them right goku goku would absolutely like like if he heard if so if you told Goku that like meteors might fall on someone's house, he would he would stand outside to protect you. He would not. He might, know- go, he, might he might knock on the door. He'd be like, "Excuse right. me, I'm here to protect you from a meteor." Right. Yeah. He might he might like make a thing of it, or he might just like stand outside. Yeah. Um, but he would he would absolutely guard someone at night. Uh-huh. Uh, uh Just in case a meteor or a spider attacked them. Right. <laughs> So let's do it. Let's do boyfriend points. 
He is currently at negative 255 boyfriend points. Uh-oh. Maybe we shouldn't do boyfriend points. <laughs> well, someone someone pointed out that if he gets exactly minus one more boyfriend point, he he might roll over into like 9,999 boyfriend points. Oh. So maybe this has been Edward Strat this whole time. Right. He's going to backwards long jump into Bella's room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bella's like waking up and she just was like, <laughs> she's like, what was that? <laughs> you can clip right through the window. <laughs> okay. So uh, where to start? What's it, What's he done? What's he done in this chapter? I mean, he played a beautiful song. He did play a beautiful song. Okay, so he has composed a whole ass song for Bella. Yeah. Um, I gotta know, is that a plus or a minus? <laughs> I was gonna say it's either plus or minus fifty, and I'm not sure which. <laughs> so critically, I mean, I mean, he didn't play it for her. Or <laughs> he has not subjected her to the song mm-hmm. yet. And that, um, that maybe that's why we get to do boyfriend points when they're separate, because he's playing a song away from her. Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. No, I'm on board for this. Yeah, no. Boyfriend boyfriend points still still valid here. He is not he is not off the clock. No. Um. OK, so negative two hundred and fifty five points. If he if he goes lower. Because he wrote a song, I hmm. Hmm. It's just that, like, someone writing you a song could be, like, the best or worst thing ever, you it's know? Just, you can't write a song at someone. Right. Yeah. And is that what it kind of feels like he's doing here? I don't think so. I feel you, like I'm going to give him credit. Is... I don't think that he's doing it to get something. And I think that right. that is the critical difference. Mm-hmm. I think it's not that like he to wrote... impress her or anything. No, nope. nope. yeah. I think that he had some feelings and he expressed them. Right. Through so it's come. Yeah. yeah. He's sort of processing his feelings for her through song. It's maybe it's perhaps a little more like she's his muse or something. Right. And, and she, she's sort of. Hmm. Cause he's never hmm. like, Oh, this is turning out really good. I can't. I can't wait to impress her with this or like now she's going to now she's going to know how I really feel. None of that. Yeah, I guess he's still in like the composing stage. So, he's really working on it. Mm-hmm. And and he's not he's not like uh uh cornering her and playing, you know, he's not got his acoustic guitar at the party. Right, exactly. Right, 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 right. right. Hmm. Okay. So, so in that case, so, so if a vampire is, is, is it, is there ever a point that you want to know that, that your vampire boyfriend's song was inspired by you? Or is it just, is it as soon as that is made clear, um, or, or made explicit or, or presented to, to, to you, it, it, does that become negative then? I don't like, think it, so. As long okay. as it doesn't have ulterior motives, like right. he wants something out of it, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Okay, so plus fifty. Yeah, plus, I think plus so. 50? Okay. I think it's it's quite a feat to to create a composition. Yeah, yeah. No, no easy feat. Okay, so plus fifty. Uh, writing earnest song. 
Um, shall I tack on five bonus points for managing to do it while people were fucking around? Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Plus the artist's five torment. Bonus points for the artist's torment. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what else? What else did he do? Uh, is there anything... Is his, is his revelation about Rosalie, is there anything in there that's, like, plus or minus? Like, is he weird about it, or is oh, he... Oh, I guess I actually have to give him some some bonus points, because she gets mad at something, and all of his, like, sibling vampires, like, try to pester him about what it is, and instead of telling them, he keeps her secret. Okay. So yeah, that's, like, okay. pretty cool of him. Yeah, so he's not. Yeah, he's not blabbing about uh, about Rosalie's deal to everyone. Uh, well, how much do you think that's worth? Oh, okay, like five points. Okay, so just a, just plus five kept Rosalie's secret. Okay, but so like, but he's not being as like weird about her as he is about like Mike, right? Because he's, he lo- he's lost a lot of points for his his thoughts about Mike. No, he does bark a laugh, but <laughs> but it's mostly normal about it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So good on him. Good on him. Um, uh, anything else in the house? Anything else in the house? Or mm, I don't think so. Okay. So so now on to on to on to boys time. Hunting I don't know. Trip. I don't know if I want to give him negative for uh boys time uh torture trip or if I want to give him <laughs> plus points for not making a spectacle of his hunt and criticizing Emmett for doing the same. But so he, know. he, he killed a mountain lion off screen. Yeah. Um, which I mean, no, no easy feat. And it sounds like, you know, he didn't, he didn't like bask in it. Right. Like he wasn't, he wasn't torturing it for fun. Um, and he has to do it, uh, I guess. So, Here's the thing that gets me about this. Mm. I get that they can throw a minivan across like 10 football fields if they eat a predator. Mm -hmm. Do they? But like, do you have to throw a minivan across five football fields? Like, is one (laughs) not enough? One football field. Yeah. I mean, so that's the thing that's weird, right? Because they are the, the book has made or I guess not this book yet, but like the the lore that we have that we have like read um has uh has like made clear that like they are like vegetarian quote unquote vampires for not right. eating humans right um and so i guess they're already making kind of a of a sacrifice by like eating animals instead mm-hmm. um but i don't know do they just get grouchy? Like, like if a vampire's thirsty, is it like if we're thirsty? You know, like, like do, do they do they need to drink stuff? Because, because like you know, humans get we get thirsty because if we don't have it, we'll fucking die, right? Yeah. Vampires are magical creatures, and they like are technically dead but alive, right? Like uh-huh. they're a weird magical living dead thing. So, like, does what's their thirst like? Like. Is it truly a big sacrifice to be eating bear blood and, and cougar blood? Or is it sort of like when people say, like, oh, I'm a vegetarian except for 
fish and chicken and uh, uh, McDonald's on Wednesdays. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I don't where, know. Where are they at here? I, hmm. I just also don't know how many they have to eat. Like, are they eating a bear like every day, every week? Because like we how? have we hmm. have like a lot of deer. That yeah, are up for they're available to be eaten. Yeah, in large numbers. <laughs> I I think that that Edward deserves a few points. Okay, for um being normal about it you know yeah like like he's not making a big scene with emmett about um uh you know like oh i do i do i need to eat anything like he's he's not rocking the boat so he's not gonna get like a ton of points right right um but i don't know like 10 10 points for being normal about his hunt yeah that sounds reasonable yeah um how about his conversation like um uh, any any anything untoward or or, or positive uh, in either direction about like how he's talking about Bella and his situation and whatnot? I'm just gonna call it completely neutral. Okay, so no points. No, he's just going over his options. Okay, all, all possible things that could happen. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, it's not really. Not not going to not getting too negative about it, but not really earning himself any extra points for how he's talking about the situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, he's kind of, OK, so he's he's gained back so far uh, 55, 60, 70. So he's got 70 points back so far. Yeah. However, however, there's, there's a little matter to wrap up here. Uh what so so he he tracks Bella and and follows her into the woods and then watches her sleep again. How are we breaking this down? How, we're, not how feeling, are we? we're not feeling good about it. Not feeling the judges are not feeling good about this one. No, and um I don't I think that we went easy on him the first time. Right. Yeah, and he got like minus fifty for that, I think, right? Something, something, and I'm just, I'm not feeling good about it happening again. So, so repeat offense here. This is like, you know, like in, in, you know, that's a flagrant foul in, yeah. in sports. If you're doing the same thing again, right? We know, we know you've already been punished for this. This is red card territory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we got to yeah. double it. We got to double it. Minus 100. Yeah. Sorry, Edward. Yeah, I don't, I don't love this behavior from from Edward. He's really got to shape up here. I'm trying to remember how it goes in Twilight because, like, obviously it's in Twilight, but also mm-hmm. Bella's asleep, so I don't know if it's like going to be like weird dream sequences or what. But I'm hoping that this will maybe be the last one, mm. and then we can kind I mean, of recover some points. If he's, I mean, if he does it again, we got to double it again, right? Like and that's, that's only fair. Them's the rules. That's that's them's the rules. Um. Okay, so let's work it out here. Uh, plus 50, plus, uh, okay, so 205, negative 200, negative 195, negative 185. Negative 285, Edward. <sighs> Oof. You, my friend, have got to shape up. Uh, he is not, he is not pulling this together. He, he, it's so sad. He, he kind of gained a little bit here. He was really uh shaping up at the beginning of this and uh but then he had to go and do a, a repeat offense on the on the sneaking into your bedroom and watching bella sleep thing uh and that's you know 
He thought the refs weren't watching. Well, the game's not over. Uh, any Edward fans uh, in the audience uh, <laughs> can rest assured there's still about 600 pages left. <laughs> Should we, I, I don't know if there's enough to go on for this chapter, but maybe, maybe once they start competing, should Jacob be also, should we, should we have competing boyfriend points tracks here? Oh, that's the classic Team Edward, Team Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, not, not enough to go on. I think this, the, he was just really introduced. They weren't, they weren't, weren't, weren't courting yet. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, but when that starts, I think we can, we can start. Uh, 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 pitting the two against each other, and we 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 will devise a fair and scientific analysis of of who who has the most boyfriend points. Well, Jacob's at zero, so <laughs> has quite a lead on uh, Edward. J J Jacob, not even entering the sport yet, has a uh, better <laughs> better shot currently. So, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> all right. Well, sorry, Edward, but it's kind of on you. Uh, at the moment, buddy, you gotta shape up. No more, no more sneaking into her room. Uh, we gotta, we gotta sort this out. Yep. Uh, but for now, how about we take a quick break? Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I think the recording just picked up my little water noise there. Um, so I will <laughs> I'll make sure to amplify that really loud so everyone can hear that. Uh, but we, we've had a pretty fun episode here, um, and I think it's time for us to round things out with a little just grab bag of stuff. Wonderful. I had the bright idea to double check the Wizarding World website, because it's been a while, and they're kind of in, I don't know, crisis mode over there at the moment. In, <laughs> yeah, in I bet. The, in, in, the, in the Wizarding World. Um, and it turns out they've really not been up to much. But then I realized, you know that something, uh, uh, there's something that both Twilight and Harry Potter share mm. as a common fictional uh, a creature is the vampire well the vampire the vampire if you will i thought it might be fun to um poke around both the pottermore vampire page and then the much more <laughs> uh rounded out uh harry potter wiki vampire page and sort of compare and contrast what's Sounds going on great. here with the vampires yeah um and then we've also got Oh, there's there's so so much good stuff here on the Wizarding World website. There's uh, how well do you know the fifth Harry Potter book? I bet I've forgotten everything about oh, it. Oh, definitely the Professor Slughorn quiz, <laughs> Teddy versus Pickett. Which one is new? So basically, basically the world's our oyster at this point. Great. Um, but let's let's take a deep dive into the world of the vampire. So this is the Pottermore vampires article mm. from 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this was one, by the way, that you had to, like, solve a puzzle to find. Oh, I forgot about those. Right? Yeah, like, you would have to, like, do, like, a week's worth of, like, I Love Bees ARG stuff. Yeah. And then your reward would be, like, a few paragraphs from JK Rowling about something dumb. Um, so this, this is one of those. 
Although vampires exist in the world of Harry Potter, as shown by the literature that Harry and his friends study in Defense Against the Dark Arts, they play no meaningful part in the story. The vampire myth is so rich and has been exploited so many times in literature and on film that I felt there was little I could add to the tradition. That that was the much it's like I can't add anything here. I my work here is done. Goblins, I've I've much to add. Vampires, no thank you. <laughs> Uh, the vampire myth is so rich, blah, blah, blah. In any case, vampires are a tradition of Eastern Europe, and in general, I tried to draw from British mythology and folklore when creating adversaries for Harry. Oh, come on. Yeah, fucking whatever. Uh, <laughs> aside from passing mentions, therefore, the only vampire who Harry meets in the books is Sanguini in the Half-Blood Prince, who makes a fairly comic appearance at a party. I remember. I remember yep. that scene. Yep. Looking back through my earliest notebooks, however, I found that on my very earliest list of staff, there was a subjectless vampire teacher I had forgotten called Trocar. <laughs> what? <laughs> a Trocar is a sharply pointed shaft inserted into <coughs> arteries or cavities to ac- extract body fluids, so I think it's a rather good name for a vampire. Evidently, I did not think much of him as a character, though, because he disappears fairly early in in my notes. Snape is a vampire, though. Snape is a vampire. Well, she's about to address that one directly. Mm. For a long time, there was a persistent fan rumor that Snape might be a vampire. While it is true that he has an unhealthy pallor and is sometimes described as looking like a large bat, he never actually turns into a bat. I know! What if he did? It would be fucking awesome, Joe. He can fly! Yeah, he could fly. He can fucking fly. He can fly and he looks like a bat? Yeah, like that's Batman or vampires. Like, like one of the two. <laughs> uh, we meet him outside the castle by daylight and no corpses with puncture marks in their ne- necks ever turn up at Hogwarts. In short, Snape is not a revamped trocar. Snape Imagine... is not a revamped trocar. So this, I, I looked into this. The trocar thing, I guess must have been floating around like pre because this was from 2015 this is this was 2015 on pottermore that this came out mm-hmm. um and and the snape is a vampire fan theory has been going since like book two or three right like it that that was an early fandom thing yeah um did did she write this whole pottermore reward purely to shut down people who are like there's a you can see the name trocar in an early in in a documentary (laughs) or whatever and he's a vampire he must be like like did she she has a long history of like just like like just wanting to stomp out the fun parts of the fandom right like there were so many examples of that in in the old episodes that we did um but imagine solving a puzzle to basically have her go <laughs> well actually to like a really small subset of the fan base that's so good also he's kind of written like a vampire you don't get to be like he looks like an overgrown bat and then later <laughs> hide a little piece of like no he's not a vampire on your website behind an ARG puzzle come on <laughs> so lame it's why not let people speculate you know like Like, maybe he's a vampire who knows yeah it's not like that fun like that that doesn't change the story really does it no let that one let that one lie because sanguini is just like hanging out he's just a joke right like he's like i'm sanguini right like he's not (laughs) 
you can have two vampires. That's fine. Yeah. Um, however, there's a lot more to the vampire in the Wizarding World um, that uh, people have pieced together on the fan wiki. Who knows how accurate any of this stuff is? Um, <laughs> it could be wholly made up. It could be entirely made up, but by God, we're going to read it. Um, a vampire was a dark, magical, humanoid being that was famed for biting people on the neck and sucking <laughs> their blood. Uh, they were part of the family of beings known as the Living Dead. Ooh, that's like a whole section on the site, I guess, is Living Dead. That's cool. Along along with zombies. Oh. Uh, they were usually pale and gaunt with sharp fangs for puncturing the throats of their victims. Vampires seem to be able to live much longer than muggles. Carmilla Sanguina died <laughs> aged 196. Carmilla? Where's she from? Okay, but that's also just how long wizards live. Yeah, wizards also live a really long time. Oh my god, she's a famous wizard. She's a, from a famous wizard card from the Prisoner of Azkaban video game. Ooh. She's kind of bad with it. Hold on, let me send, send you a picture of, of Carmilla. Carmilla, hello. Oh, wonderful. That's that's my kind of vampire right there. Infamous vampire who bathes in the blood of her victims. Oh, so she's she's Elizabeth Bathory then. Just, just like a vampire instead. Thank you, Chamber of Secrets video game. Yeah, wow. Powerful stuff. Uh, and Armillo Lestote. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Lestote <laughs> instead of Lestat. Uh, flamboyant. Oh, my God. Flamboyant American vampire. Author of a vampire's monologue. Intended <laughs> to bore the reader into a stupor, making him easier prey for vampires. That's cute. This is good. This is very cute. He was a flamboyant American vampire. He wrote the book, intended to bore readers for his infamy. He was immortalized on a chocolate frog card. So, yeah. So this is, I, this is another wizard card. So the wizard, whoever was coming up with the wizard cards was having way more fun with the vampire thing than J.K. Rowling was. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> his surname and the overall character is probably based on the character Lestat de Lancourt, a vampire in Anne Rice's... Yeah, probably. Uh, vampire Chronicle, I would imagine, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, who has a similar appearance and lived within the same time frame. This is cute. This is really cute. Uh, uh, none of this is canon. This is all from video games. People <laughs> not J.K. Rowling. This is from uh, the video game canon. Who are probably all much better people, I would imagine. In the video uh, game uh, canon, Harry had to uh, <laughs> run around a maze of boxes and capture a peacock to acquire a feather. You, you have just reminded me. I, I've, I think that this might be fun to suggest on the Harry Potter game subreddit sometime. Hmm. Perhaps, perhaps Jack Sloper could return to say, I think, I hope that the vampire Lestote appears in Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, uh, yeah. Those niche <laughs> <He lives> characters. <laughs> uh, vampires had a very strong aversion to garlic and could be kept at bay by its presence. They drank blood, though they were apparently also able to eat other foods such as pasties. And Honeydukes was known for selling lollipops that tasted like blood presumably for vampires to indulge in. Hermione Granger was noted for believing this, as revealed when she and Ronald Weasley visited Honeydukes and Hogsmeade in 1993. I think this is from the books. Yeah, it is. I thought I always thought the implication was that they were blood, not just flavored yeah. like blood. Yeah, blood flavor. Yeah, they're they're 
it's can it's candy for vampires. It's blood. It's gotta be, right? Um as vampires are magical creatures, they therefore lived and were affiliated with the Wizarding World. There existed a Society for the Tolerance of Vampires, which by its given name must have campaigned for greater acceptance of vampires in their culture in the magical world, given their seemingly malignant reputation. The Wizarding World also set guidelines to prevent exterminating vampires outright. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, the, the vampires will heal the world. Yep. Uh, the Society for the Tolerance of Vampires. Where the fuck does that come up? It must Ooh. all be from Fantastic Beasts, right? This is from Hogwarts Mystery. What? Yeah. Whoa. This is that we. There's uh, some some beefy lore in this, I guess. Vampire lore. Uh, the STV had their candlelit head office somewhere in London, where the Daily Prophet advertised for someone to run the office. Emphasis was placed on the preference for potential ap- ap- applicants with an allergy to garlic and would who would be willing to quote their blood group. Oh, that's fun. Uh-huh. So they're, it's like a honey pot for people, for people, for vampires to bite. That's this is cute. cute. There's cute. There's fuck. You could do so much cute stuff in this. You could, it's possible, mm-hmm. but no one was ever allowed to. Okay. So now there's a history of vampires. Um, section on the wiki here, mm-hmm. except that it seems to be, <laughs> Mixing real stuff and fake stuff. Because <laughs> it says, During the 1473 Quidditch World Cup, 700 fouls were committed, one of which was the release of 100 vampire bats from beneath the robes of the Transylvanian captain. Okay, that's cute. Then the next entry is, The the author Bram Stoker is well known for his 1897 <laughs> gothic horror novel Dracula. That's true. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that, but does, does that... <laughs> Does that fit into the Harry Potter timeline? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, so, okay, so the end of this is just basically what we read from the Pottermore thing, saying that uh, she, she felt she had nothing to add to Eastern European folklore. Thank you so much, Joe. I can think of a few other folklores you decided you did have stuff to add to that you perhaps shouldn't have, but... Thanks for yeah, leaving maybe, Eastern Europe out of it, I guess. Maybe vampires would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, should we do a quiz? Do you want to do a quiz? Yes, please. Okay, so we have How Well Do You Know the Fifth Harry Potter Book? The Slughorn Quiz. <gasps> Complete the Quote Quiz Dobby Edition. <gasps> Hello. It's gotta, oh. it's gotta be that. It's gotta be that. We know okay. all. We know all of Dobby's famous quotes. We better. I'll feel so embarrassed if I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to edit this out. This well-loved and loyal house elf might have been small, but he certainly made a big impression. How well can you recall what Harry's biggest fan had to say? Okay, start the quiz. Dobby will have to punish himself most grievi- grievously for coming to see you, sir. Dobby will have to blank for this. The options are. Shut his ears in the oven door. Iron his fingers. Pinch his nose extra hard. Bang his head on the wall. I think it's it's ears in the oven, right? I think two Is, of these are real things that he's yeah. said, and then two are not. The iron his... Well, so th- this is, there's a trick here, because he does bang his head on the wall in the movie. Yeah, right? but he doesn't say that. But he doesn't say that. The pinch his nose, that's not real. That's not real. Iron his fingers. I that one, he does say that at some point, right? 
Yes. I think he says the first two at some point. I just don't know which one belongs to this quote. Dobby will have to iron his fingers for this versus Dobby will have to shut his ears in the oven door for this. I th- hmm. My instinct hmm. is oven because I th- thought oven when you read the quote before right. I heard the options. Right. But right. I think it could be either of the first two. Uh, okay, I'm leaning towards iron, but I, I'm going to go with your gut. You are correct. You are <laughs> completely correct. Yes, shut his ears in the oven door. All right, number two. Professor Dumbledore said we is free to... He said we is free to call him a blank if he we likes, sir. Uh, and the, the questions are... Or the uh, responses are barmy old codger, silly old goose, loopy old grouch, or forgetful old fool. Barmy old codger, surely. That's a very rolling-ism, It's right? gotta be... Yes. Yeah. Nailing it. Two yeah. for ten so far. Dobby has got blank. Master threw it and Dobby caught it and Dobby is free. <laughs> Freebie. Uh, this is the free space in the middle. Uh, clothes, a hat, a scarf, a sock. I mean, it's okay. So I'm like 99% sure I think it's the a sock. Fucked me. But so- Dobby's- Dobby has got clothes. It's clothes, right? Ah, fuck. This it was so oh, this is so confusing because the thing is the the grammar on clothes doesn't make any sense because it says Dobby's got clothes, master threw it and Dobby caught it, but that doesn't matter with Dobby because it's Dobby, right? They oh. It's got to be sock. But it's probably a trick question, right? Dobby has got I'm I'm entering my mind palace. It's got to be sock. It's got to be sock. It's got to be sock. I'm, Can I'm you read it to me with clothes? Dobby has got clothes. Master threw it and Dobby. Co- it's got to be sock, right? It's yeah, it. it has to it. be. I know. I know that Dobby's grammar is kind of all over the place, but like that. It, it's got to be sock. Fingers crossed. The clicking suspense. This. We're right. We're right. Okay, it's okay, sock. Okay, it's okay. sock. It's sock. <laughs> that was a scary one. Dobby knows, sir. Harry Potter has to go into the lake and find his blank. Uh, <laughs> the options are friend, wheezy, Ronald, or woozy. <sighs> it's wheezy, right? Harry has to yeah, go into the lake and find his wheezy. Because Harry has no idea what the fuck he's talking about until he gets to the bottom of the lake, right? Yeah, I think He doesn't it's... say friend. Yeah, it's... It's wheezy. It's wheezy, like Weasley. Yes. Oh, thank okay, God. Yep. It, this is so Woozy tense. got me. I was like, this, it's one yeah. of the two. This is so tense. Ugh. Dobby could tell Harry Potter that his old masters were blank mean terrible people bad dark wizards nasty spiteful masters cruel evil wizards oh this is specific what is the second one again uh the second one is bad dark wizards and the first one mean terrible people 
I think it's bad dark wizards. I think. Yeah. I'm not very cer- certain about it, but. Davi could tell. This is here's the thing. I, I, I can enter my mind palace and like hear all of these. Right. Yep. But the thing is, I think I mostly hear them from the movies and the movies change stuff. Bad. Yeah, but I don't think they would yeah. put one from the movie and one from right. the book and say one is right. Dobby could tell Harry Potter this old man. Bad dark wizards. It's got to be because that's a dark wizards is like a thing that they say, right? Like, yeah, start saying. OK. Oh, thank God. OK, we're 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 five, five in so far. Great, great. Dobby has never been asked to sit down by a wizard like blank. Dobby belongs, Dobby uh, uh, Dobby belongs, an equal, Dobby matters, or a human? Equal. Equal. Whew. Harry Potter is brave and noble, and Harry Potter is not blank. Rude, nosy, stupid, or meddlesome? I have no clue. Dobby is brave and noble, and Harry Potter is not. When does he say this? No one says stupid. This is, hmm, this has got to be, I'm feeling like this is either book four or book seven. Like, this is either his, no, it's not his big speech in seven when he goes John Wick mode on everyone at the mansion. Nosy. Could be stupid. Rude, stupid. Rude and stupid sound too American to me. Okay. I think. Like, I don't think anyone ever says that. Nosy or meddlesome? It's not nosy. I, I'm feeling nosy, but I don't I'm know why. I'm trying nosy. to remember the context. I have no idea what the context Nosy sounds right to me. Harry Potter is not nosy. That has, like, the right cadence, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it totally does. Clicking it. Oh, thank Oh, We are nailing this. We're seven for seven. <laughs> I'm dying right to know what that conversation yeah, was. Yeah, where is it? I'm going to Google that really quick. As soon quick. as I said nosy in the sentence, I was like, that's got to be right. Harry Potter is brave. When, when is that said? Harry Potter is brave and not nosy. Goblet of Fire, apparently. Hmm. Okay, so it was book four. Uh, but where does he say it? Okay, I just found a page that just has it, like, as a quote. Like, a good okay. thing. Like, here's a quote. But, like, what? Huh. I don't know. I don't remember what the context of that is. Oh! Is it when they go to... Is it when they go to the kitchens and Winky's drunk? Oh, probably. That's gotta be it, right? Something yeah. like that. Okay, number eight. Creature will not insult Harry Potter in front of Dobby. No, he won't. Or Dobby will blank. Box creature's ear holes. Teach creature a lesson. Shut creature's mouth for him. Or make creature pay. I have no clue. It's not the first one. It's not. No, Dobby has never said such a strong threat (laughs) as box creature's ear holes. (laughs) We would have had a field day with that. Yeah. Uh, teach a lesson is too cruel sounding. So does pay. it's got it's shut creatures mouth for him. Right? Like that's yeah. like a what? 
Yeah, I think the the That's... others sound so extra. Read you know, the other two that aren't the ear holes one. Uh. Uh. Shut creature's mouth for him. Make creature pay. Maybe I'm putting a little too much spin on that. It's make make creature pay is the other one there. And what's the other other one? Oh, uh, uh, teach creature a lesson. Teach creature a lesson. Yeah, it's got to be shut his mouth for shut him. Shut his right? mouth for him because it's like that's still a threat, but it's like kind of cutesy, right? I guess like it, so. It's a little. I, like, I don't make... feel good about this one, but. Uh, I'm if it's boxes, it. ear holes. I'm it's correct. We're, it. correct. We're correct. We're correct. Okay, We're okay, good. Okay, We're good. Okay, it's shut good. creature's mouth for him. Phew. This is okay. so suspenseful. This is yeah. I thought this would be like a light fun one. I'm like sweating. I'm. <laughs> Dobby is used to death threats, sir. Dobby gets them blank times a day at God home. Oh damn fuck it. me! No. Fuck Hold on. me. I'm I'm coming. I'm trying to divine it before hearing the yeah, options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if you can remember. Uh. Dobby's death threats. Do you want me Ten to like read some numbers day? out in a Dobby voice? Would that help? <laughs> No, but I'd like you to anyway. <laughs> Dobby is used to getting death threats, sir. Dobby gets them one times a day at home. Dobby gets them. Do Dobby gets them two times a day at home. <laughs> Dobby gets them three times a day at home. I'm not gonna know. I'm like, I hear ten in my head, but I think it's only because it's ten. Right? Dobby gets them four times. It's not four. Four is not a funny number. Uh, we're going by the Do rules of comedy here. Uh, uh, Dobby gets them five times a day at home. We're going to have to purely divine this on, like, insane logic here. I, so <laughs> the, the options here are 15, 10, 5, and 20. Damn it. 20 is, is too many. This is the not... <laughs> this is the not fair trivia question yeah this is fucked okay we have to do like comedy writing divination here okay 20 is right out that's too many that's too high a number not funny yeah can't can't exaggerate too high it's 15 is it 15 i was about to say 15 also feels a little high 15 times a day at home what's say it in Dobby voice D Dobby is used to getting death threats, sir. Dobby gets them 15 times a day at home. <laughs> it's too, it's too many. It's too many. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right. I, I want to say it's the lowest one just because it's like, it's got to operate in that like space where it's like, Way too many for us to believe that Dobby has a good life at home, but it can't be so many that Harry would be like, what the fuck? You know? You know what I mean? Like, what's the lowest number? Five. Five times a day. That's it. Because, like, is, 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 I guess we have to guess, like, is Dobby capable or, or, or want to, like, exaggerate for effect versus... How much time is Lucius Malfoy spending out of his day threatening Dobby? 
You know, like five seems like, you know, that's like one for each mealtime plus like, I don't know, once in the morning and once in the evening. Okay, but if there's three Malfoys, so 15 oh, that's times true. is just five Ooh, times a day for each of them. But I think Lucius is like the only master, right? Yeah. I'm sure they can all threaten. <sighs> they can all threaten. Yeah, they can all threaten. Oh, fuck. Ten times. I mean, ten was what I thought before. Dobby gets the I heard ten the answers. times a day at home. But now I feel like it's fifteen. Fifteen. I... I'm not. I'm not going to be able to come to a conclusion on no, this. We no. just have to hit. We just have to hit one. It's not twenty-five. It's not twenty, and it's not ten. Well, maybe. Hmm, maybe it's ten. Tw- fuck, Dobby. I'm entering, entering my mind palace. Dobby gets them. The thing is, I, I I know this is like in their first or second conversation in Chamber of Secrets. And I remember that Dobby does mention that he gets X number of death threats. But like the number is just not leaping out to me. here. I just think that the number 15. is two syllables. It's got like when two I, syllable. To, okay. I think so. Right. That, no, that makes sense. 15. Fifteen times a day. Dobby gets them five times a day. Dobby gets them fifteen times a day. Should we vote fifteen? Should we vote fifteen? Yep. Fuck! Fuck! It was five. It was five. God damn it! Oh fuck! Oh, I can hear it now. Oh, five times a day at home. No, Dobby. Dobby gets them five <laughs> times a day. Oh, fuck me. We were Those so are close. rookie numbers, Dobby. Yeah, rookie numbers, Dobby. Maybe he meant five times by each person. <laughs> well, technically, it's 15 if you count. Well, so five times per person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's our last one. Dobby has no master. Dobby is blank, and Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends. This is okay. A, so this is the free space. This is a free space. Yeah, the answers are belonging to nobody, a free elf, his own elf, and free to do what Dobby wants. It's a free elf. It's a free elf. Correct. So we scored nine out of ten. We are, according to the Wizarding World website, a Dobby devotee. That's true. A clean sweep. Dobby must be your favorite character, as this is an excellent yes. score. Correct. I'm sorry we didn't know how many times he got threatened at home. <laughs> we like to focus on the good. Yeah. <laughs> so true. In fact, I think this not recalling how many times Dobby gets his life threatened actually makes us bigger Dobby fans. Because it's like, yeah. you know, we're not we're not thinking about all the, the hate coming his way. We're lifting him up. Right. We're telling him, don't don't listen to the haters, Dobby. Oh. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Um, do you want to do one more? Or should we wrap it there? Oh, let's wrap it there. All right. That's a, that's a high high. That's a high high. It doesn't get much better than the Dobby quiz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Trisha Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as their, our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. 
Liz, what are we reading next week? I will be reading chapter eight called Ghost. Okay. And I have no idea what you're going to be reading. Presumably chapter eight. I'm going to be reading chapter... Hold on. I've got chapter seven next. Uh-oh. I must be wrong. <laughs> What's happened here? I'm not wrong. I read two chapters one time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, you had to. Yes, you had to double up to match mm -hmm. the timeline. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I will be reading chapter seven, Nightmare. So that's interesting. I wonder if she will perhaps see a strange figure in her bedroom. Exterminating spiders, perhaps. <laughs> well... Thanks for listening, and if you are caught up in the web of mysterious vampire doings, please read another book. Please read another book. The dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean roll seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye, cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.